All right, we oh, are going to go live. We're about ready to go live. I clicked on the wrong thing, guys, so sorry. This should have went straight to the intro, but I am an yeah. amateur at this whole... Wait, all I got was an ad. Yeah. So we are going to now officially run the Coco Talk intro. Spoiler, there are people here on the show. You'll see more about that in just a second. News at 11. Um, so here we go. Cue intro. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right, everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Coco Talk Live. We are here with episode 124. This week, we're going to hit you hard and heavy with color computer news from around the world. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tiny flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right, and we are here. We are here. We are live with another episode of Coco Talk Live. It's a Saturday afternoon. We had nothing better to do, so we decided to get together here and talk about the Coco. Welcome, one and all. We've got a fantastic panel. On the bottom of the panel and on the bottom of the world, we'll start in a descending order. From Down Under, creator of Gunstar and many fine other products for the Calor computer. It's none other than Nicholas Morantes. Good eye, Nick. Good eye, everyone. Yep. I just woke up, logged in, and I'm the first one off the list. How about that? How do you like that, Nick? <laughs> I, I thought I saw a little bedhead in that photo there. So. <laughs> uh, well, good morning and good eye to you, Nick. Uh, right, right above Nick, another gentleman with fantastic hairdo, but he's also royalty, Lord of the Floppies, Duke of Digital Data. It is none other than Sir David Ladd. Welcome to the program, David. Hello, everyone. I hope everybody's ready today's show. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy who put the dumpster in dumpster fire from Boyson Technologies, Mr. Richard Lorbieski, is with us. Hello, Richard. 
Uh, hello, with an introduction that David gave, it just like, I don't know, sucked the life out of me. <laughs> I got to scroll back here for just a second. Hey, we got a really good introduction here from Retro Innovations. He goes, imagine spending too long learning too little and too incorrect information erupting through the orifices of too many middle-aged Caucasian man-boys on too few topics with too little personality. You can imagine Coco Talk. <laughs> it's scary how accurate that is. Man, what the hell is a man boy? Is that like a man who has not grown up? I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Those trying to desperately reclaim their youth by buying retro computers. Oh, okay. I think it's a fancy way of saying immature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. A sophomoric as well. All right. We have a very special guest just came in, uh, hot off the presses, but none other than the Internet's own Grant Leedy has joined us. Hello, Grant. Hey, hello, guys. How you doing? I am doing great. Good. It's kind of hard to follow David Ladd's enthusiasm, but you did a hell of a job there, Grant. Way to keep the energy high. <laughs> um, we got a guy with a bunch of banners behind his head here, including one from TDP Electronics. It's none other than Terry Steggy. Welcome, Terry. I don't want to break things, so we'll just keep it calm. <laughs> All right. Next to Terry Steggy, a guy who gets a lot of things and makes us all jealous. Brian Weasler's with us. Hello, Brian. Brian's fro Brian, are you frozen? <laughs> How can you hold that stare? Okay, he's gone. All right. I was going to say, dude, he was really concentrating there for a while. All right. He's back. Brian Weasler, are you back? All right, crickets. We're moving on. All right, how about this? How about the guy who brought us Radio Shack in Texas? None other than Joe Burnett's back on the program. Welcome back, Joe. Hey. Yay. And, uh, Steve, I'm glad that uh, footage of that dumpster on fire floating down the river road wasn't taken out in your front yard this week. <laughs> glad she dodged the hurricane. Yeah, right? No, no kidding. Yeah, uh, hi, guys. Our resident Apple guy and a guy who's got optics that help him see into the future. It's none other than Mark D. Overholzer. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. The Coco man himself, maker of the switcheroo and wallaby cable. It's Mr. Jason Reichard. Welcome, Jason. Good afternoon. Good evening. And the question of the day is $5 ukuleles. Are they here to stay or is it a passing fad? <laughs> All this and more we'll, we will unravel as the show progresses. The man who says, thank you, you're too kind, president of RSK. It's Dick Adams. Welcome to the program, Rick Adams. Hello there. Thank you. You're too kind. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Rick, I'm kind of tired of that line. You but <laughs> say the line. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's like that. It's kind of like asking Sir Richard Attenborough to say, welcome to Jurassic Park. You know, it is that legendary. It is that iconic. So <laughs> you're there. Spared no expense. <laughs> Spared no expense. Just like this program here today. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sparing no expense, we have foreign correspondents from O Canada, Nicholas Marota. Welcome, Nick. Good afternoon. Uh, happy to be here. <laughs> the five dollar ukulele. I was I was happy to be here. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. Yes, from Ron's garage in sunny Arizona, Mr. Ron Delvo. Where I play an air guitar because I can't play an instrument. <laughs> Sounds better. Neither can I, but it's never stopped me before. 
Our news correspondent, we're glad to have him back from O Canada. It is L Curtis Boyle. Eh? Good day, everyone. Good day, A. Hey. And also, a quick aside to Nick, is your site back up? Because I tried hitting it this morning and it was down. It's still down. Still yeah, down. I'm not sure what's going on. Mm. Okay. Uh, All right. It could be Russian hackers. Um, <laughs> it's down, down under. That's right, down under. When something is down, down under, does that make it up? That's what I'm wondering. All these things and more will unravel today on Coco Talk. And last but not least, our backup stream engineer, handsome dressed man and electronics whiz himself, Mr. Mark Bosley's in the house. Welcome, hey, Mark. everybody. Uh, we are here. We've got an audience. We've got a panel. Who's in our panel right now? Let's let's back scroll here. Terry Steggy was here. Vocal Studio. That's Bruce Moore. Bruce is going to join us about a half hour into the show. Based on how the introductions have gone, we're almost there. Uh, Alexander Wallace from Mexico is here. Nick Baroda is here. Curtis Boyle. Retro Innovations is here. Tom C. says, hello, nuts, from Jersey. Alexander Wallace, Nick Marotas, Tom C., Tom C., Nick Marotta, Ken Reichard. Send Grant is on the stream. <laughs> yes, Grant is on the stream. Uh, Tim Franklin says, move to YouTube, Facebook, not going to show feed. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Is it not live on Facebook? Now all of a sudden it's working. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. Okay, the fa- the YouTube live, uh, Facebook live is not working. Well, thanks for letting me know. I screwed up somewhere there, Tim Franklin. Ken Reichert's here. Terry Steen is here. It says, sorry, sorry, I am late. Could you start over, please? Yeah, you guys ready to reintroduce yourselves? Terry Steen just got here, sure. author of Balloon Fire and Gray Lady. Um, $5 ukulele. Terry Steen says, howdy. All right, I guess we're not live on Facebook. My apologies. Um, but we're here on YouTube, and we're here. 25 people Thanks. watching us live right now. Facebook looks fine by me. We got five on Facebook. Do we? I'm not so we sure. Need, or, so instead of 25 apologies, we need to issue 30 is what you're saying. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. No, my Facebook still says, maybe it's streaming to the wrong page. Maybe it's streaming to my OG Stevie Stro page and not Coco Talk. I could have sworn I, I fixed yes. that. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah, it's on Stevie Stro page. Uh, I screwed up. Sorry. Screwed up with my restream. I'm an idiot. What do you That's want okay. from we'll me? That's okay. We'll just refund their money. We'll just refund their money. Yeah, okay. Are we apologizing that they can see us? Uh, I don't know. Nightmare Highway. All right. Well, let's just Or, or your focus. pizza's free. That's right. All right. All right. Well, we are going to... Um, we we are going to try to mix it up because we're already now 45 minutes in and we've just gotten past the hellos. Um, Obviously, so, we're on metric time. We're on metric time. <laughs> yes. So, told you. Which, which means we're ahead of schedule. <laughs> so we're going to save the project updates and acquisitions towards later in the show. And uh, we have a question from Alexander Wallace, our friend in Mexico. For the retro questions, can I use the CM8 RGB with an Amiga 1200? And can the switcheroo be connected to an Amiga 1200, making the connection adapter, of course? Hmm. Anyone? Anyone? Can we output a, an Amiga to an to a CM8? It is te- technically analog RGB. It's, it's hmm. Probable? I, mean, sure I, mean, I think you can because you can go not. the other way. You can use an Amiga monitor on a Coco. Sometimes you have to change a few things on the... I think it's what positive and negatives or something. I can't remember the exact details, but there's some tweaks yes. you may have to do. But isn't it like the the uh, the sync polarity is different between them? Yeah, that's. I think yeah. that's true. And as far as the sync for the switcheroo, the sync is getting the sync from the composite line on the Coco. So 
Mm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of maybes, a lot of a lot of variables. It's, it's a maybe. I've never tried it. Yes, Explore VR is here. Uh, ben Drakes. Um, hi guys, I broke the sound on my PC, so I'm listening through YouTube on my phone. Oh, actually, I don't know if anybody's able to try this or not, but I, I, David Ladd had suggested this a while back, and you know, it only takes me a while to actually listen to David. It's been about a year and a half. Um, but David says, well, if you make the show categorized as music, there's this thing called YouTube music, and maybe people can listen to it. So today's show, as we're streaming live, I've changed the category to music. So I don't know if that will let live audio or an audio-only version be available through YouTube. Somebody will have to help me figure that out. That's way above my pay scale. So uh, for music, does that mean more $5 ukulele? More $5 ukulele. We're going to crank it up. Are, are we going to have to sing? Yes, we're gonna have to all sing the Coco Talk thong, song. The thong. Did I say thong? The thong. The thong. 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 Yeah. Put on your Coco Talk thongs. Put on your Coco Talk thong. It's available at the oh, retro get thong the shop. Coco Talk store now. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll do the translation for the deaf here. When you're <laughs> I'll follow. I'll Boy. follow the copyright strike. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know of any faster way to drop viewership than to have us sing. Yeah, and I also if this is going to be Coco Talk Thong. I think it better become a an audio podcast. Audio <laughs> podcast only, right? Some of us would need a really thick rope for that thong string. So, <laughs> like a boomerang. Yeah, a spaghetti around. strap will get lost. So, uh... <laughs> and safety goggles. <laughs> um. Anyways, we're we're getting a little off Welding topic. Mask. <laughs> Uh, what so was it? Condition well, normal then. So, um, two things. Number one, when I originally posted the description of this show, I mistakenly said we're going to be bringing footage from a Radio Shack in Canada. I made that assumption because the video was was brought to us by Bruce Moore, who happens to be a Canadian. But it's actually a Radio Shack in North Dakota. So I believe I have fixed that. But when I first posted it, I, I mistakenly said uh, Canadian Radio Shack. So uh, in that case, I'm sorry. Um, so what you're saying is it's an, it's footage of an American Radio Shack by a from Canadian, a Canadian. From a Canadian. From the eyes of a Canadian. Yes. Okay. So, so. so did he just stand on the border and look across? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not sure. sure. It's, it's pretty flat, so yeah, I could probably see my computer <laughs> from my house. So we do have that, but we're going to wait for Bruce to get here. So what we're going to do today, because um, we have been we've been running so long winded for so many weeks now that we've we news has fallen to the wayside. So I thought this week we got a lot of news that we wanted to cover. Um, and so we're going to really be focusing on news first. Hopefully by the time we get through a lot of the news, then we'll get to the Radio Shack video when Bruce is able to join us himself in person. Oh, uh, Jason's got his goggles on so he can see the news better, can kind of zoom in that on that I'm, news. That way I'm focused. Um, and, and anytime, Rick, and if you want to go first or last or in the middle, if you want to give us an update on some of the stuff you're doing with the Delphi, uh, you kind of hear that firsthand. Um, are you, you want Anything you want to share on some of your updates, Rick? I'm not putting uh, you on the well, spot, but we can save it for later, or you can you can say it now. Uh, uh, you know, it, it can be now, it can be later. I I don't really care. Well, why don't we do now? Because we got you, and we might okay. put you we might put you to sleep later on. So, okay, uh, yes, you, you probably will. Um, <laughs> well, people were still mentioning it because I've been doing a lot of uh, changes to the navigation. I'm making it the old school uh, Delphi navigation. I'm actually reading my old copy of the the Delphi handbook. And it's not, you know, from a user perspective, that's probably not the best way to go. But from a nostalgia perspective, that's, you know, acceptable. Um, so I was just looking through uh, old messages from Delphi. And one thing that I found that was kind of of interest that I thought I'd bring up 
because uh, people might be interested in that, is the whole uh, twilight term, what I call the twilight term kerfuffle. Um, when twilight term was, uh, Steve, you can bring up uh, the, you know, the, the site, the delphi.rickadams.org site. Oh, and there's a couple, yeah. And uh, so when uh, Twilight Term was, was first released by the, the famous Suckmaster, uh, it was done through a number of intermediaries and uh, uploaded by somebody that actually had access to Delphi as opposed to most of the rest of the world at that time. Uh, so take a look at message uh, 96577. Hold on one uh, second. Yeah. Nine, six, yes. five, five, nine, seven, seven. Nine, six, five, seven, seven. Okay. For some reason it is, um, okay, here it comes up. It's, it's coming up at a blistering speed. Okay. Yeah. So this you was. Wrote, you, won't, you won't really be able to read this because it goes by too fast and it's, you know, I've got to explain sort of the context of this as it's scrolling by. Okay. But you know, here, here's Marty being kind of sort of nasty and un, unhelpful to somebody. Uh, <laughs> Gee, that never happened on Delphi. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Never. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when Twilight Term was was first uploaded, uh, or, or first developed, uh, they went through a blistering series of updates. It's like, here it is. Here's Twilight Term uploaded. Get it. Get it now. Oh, here's the next version of Twilight Term. We fixed a whole bunch of bugs that were driving people crazy. Oh, here's another update to Twilight Term. We added a new feature. Here's another update to Twilight Term. You know, we fixed some more bugs that were driving people crazy and making them them hate us. Sounds and, like uh, modern gaming, except it's not it out of It sounds like Windows update to me. Um, right. Yeah, Windows 10. So, so what I did, because I was the database manager, so I was in charge of, you know, they, people would upla upload things, and I would look at them, and then I would enable them for downloading if I thought they were okay. And so after, you know, a while of these updates, I said, well, we're just going to stop the updates for a while. You can send all the, all you like, but I'm just going to wait for you guys to, you know, to for things to kind of quiet down to a dull roar. Whatever version comes out of this, you know, when you aren't updating it, you know, every 15 minutes, uh, then I'll, I'll put that up, you know. And that caused a huge misunderstanding of, uh, it was sort of like, uh, at the center of it was uh, uh, Sockmaster, and then he had a friend, and then he had a friend that would upload the stuff to Delphi. So the further away you get from the main person, mm -hmm. the more the more nutty people get. It seems to me uh, that's been my experience. So you know the person at the center of the controversy is is a perfectly reasonable person, and then you know as you get further and further away from his sphere of influence, people get you know the the fanboys as I call them get kind of crazy. So. Uh, people got, this person that was uploading it got the idea that, uh, well, there was just a huge misunderstanding. He thought that we were censoring him by not uploading, you know, the, uh, the upload of this five minutes. And uh, so that wasn't what was going on. And then Marty got involved and he got them all mad, said you're being an adolescent child, bluster, combativeness, you know. Uh, so that was the start of the whole thing. And then finally, I got to be, you know, play, play uh, make make peace between all of the different factions. There was Marty and a couple of other people. So nine six six zero zero is where I sort of, you know, got a hold of the guy that was at the actual uploader, and uh, 
So it, the focus keeps going down, uh, going up to that help screen. That's kind of interesting. I'll yeah, I don't that. know if that's me because I'm zoomed in or what. I have it zoomed in right. so it looks a little bigger for the show. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah, which makes perfect sense. So that's where I finally, you know, I, I finally actually talked directly with the guy that was the most upset and got to explain that, you know, no, we were not censoring them. And, you know, yes, please, yes, give us your latest version of Twilight Term and we'll up, uh, we'll upload it and we'll make it available. And, and uh, 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 you were an ad, you were an admin. You're kind of a gatekeeper of the file repository at this point, right? Yeah. OK. Yep. So that was kind of an interesting thing because I, I had forgotten all about that. There were a number of little kerfuffles like that that happened from people. Uh, typically, people would get confused and and misunderstand each other. And then once you got the principals involved and actually got them to talk to each other directly yeah. and not through yeah. all the fanboys, yeah. then yeah. you know things would get calmed down. Yeah. And I think this is history repeating itself, I think, throughout humanity. There's, there's been, you know, there's been lots of things like this where things were possibly blown out of proportion by not directly communicating amongst each other. You know, your your interpretation of something. Um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. help when this is happening in an electronic forum either. Right. You know? um, so, yeah, I, I learned, you know, I learned that, on, unfortunately, only just recently. You know, it was like right before, right around the Cocoa Fest time, there was a couple of things here and there. And, you know, regrettably, I know I myself, too, kind of engaged a little bit online. And the one thing I realized after all of this was, you know what, it's probably better if you if you if you maybe are upset with someone or misunderstanding someone or you're not sure before you pull the trigger on a scathing, uh, you know, e-post Maybe talk to the person, you know, because you might be surprised what might happen from a human offline, analog, organic conversation. Um, All of those things seem to be completely disarming. Um, And so, you know, like I said, I'm I'm sad to say it took me 50 some odd years to figure that out. But I did learn that recently and I've been a lot less hostile online since I've come to that revelation. So (laughs) we've discovered, you know, even emoji doesn't help. Um, no, <laughs> winkies don't no, help. That's only partially sarcasm because I mean, emoji was kind of created to convey feelings. Because right. if you're just reading text, you have no idea what feelings are behind that. A guy could be saying this sarcastically, could be saying it dead serious, mad, mm-hmm. dead serious, happy. It doesn't matter. But that was supposed to try to help with that. And we used to do stuff like you know, not before smiley face, he would you know, lol and whatever. But it JK, JK for just kidding back in the day. Yeah. It's a, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but, but that, that kind of stuff. It doesn't always convey it properly because that still doesn't, you know, display sarcasm. I might be saying R-O-F-L in sarcastically as opposed to seriously type thing. So so talking person to person where you can hear the person's voice, the inflection, that really does help. Yeah. Steve, you're a complete duty head. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Another part of the communication, though, is the uh, body language is missing. Yes. Body language, tone, inflection. Yeah. Uh, facial expressions, uh-huh. finger expressions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of those are pretty clear, but um. <laughs> we, you can. You, what, what is what is the symbol for the for the bird in ASCII? Uh, how do you get the top of that middle finger? What would that symbol be? Uh, the U, maybe? An up, you can't do an upside. You need an upside down U. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> but you used to be able to do that. Control up arrow. Control up arrow. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of people that I, I've I've sort of been trying to work up the courage to send a private letter to you know that people that a couple of people that for which I 
used to have and still have enormous respect, but and that's been sort of knocked down a little bit. So, but not like you know, send him a private letter. Don't send him like one of these open letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, airing dirty laundry in public rarely works well. No. Yeah. no. Um, I am getting a warning on Google Chrome that this website is not secure. Do I need to be worried about getting hacked right now by viewing this content? It's too uh, late. <laughs> it's too late. I've already got you. Yeah. Good luck. Believe I'm sort of an Welcome to Cocota. Yes. All your cocos belong yes. to us. Comrades. Yes. Comrade. Uh, I, I'd have to say, though, this project of having these archives and then now having this kind of front end to it, it's such a great piece of history. I mean – how often can you be a, a, a voyeur like this where you can just go back and see these conversations and see these topics? There's, 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 I'm sure this is a gold mine of many more things to come, but that's interesting. I mean, so how, I, I, should mention, I should mention this is this uh, database comes uh, about largely due to Chet Simpson. Yep. Chet Simpson. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, it, it it came from an original dump of all the messages that happened just before they pulled the plug on the Delphi thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, a lot of messages are missing. So there's a lot of discussion threads where the original uh, posting that started off the thread uh, is missing. So you sort of track back, uh, you know, it's like, well, how did this all start? And then you, you get up the chain and then all of a sudden you get to the base note and it's gone. Hmm. So uh, a lot of things are missing. So, but there's a lot that's there. So yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. My, my CompuServe dump, which was done by the same original guy that did the Delphi one, Alan Weston, uh, contributed mm -hmm. to the uh, BBS archive, um, has the same problem. There's a lot of chunks missing. It's just kind of an ASCII dump of whatever the guy happened to read at the time. And there was mm -hmm. you know, glitches in the modem transfer, so there's messages that scrambled and a few miss completely missing. But there's a lot of older stuff that's totally gone. What and a lot of the stuff that's missing from Delphi is because uh, the admins of Del you know, of the, the color computer group uh, decided, oh, we don't really need these anymore, or oh, I was a complete nincompoop in this one. Let's get rid of this one. So there's you know, just basic cleanup. What if we take the DNA from a frog to fill in the missing pieces? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of sad because I was looking forward to doxing all you guys with these old messages from you know, 20 and 30 years ago. <laughs> Well, that does bring up there's. A, you said there's 64k a, would be enough. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of that. A lot of arguments about you know when the Coco Three came out, everybody was really salty about. Well, there's some software for the Coco One and Two that won't work on the Three, and a lot of uh, discussion of the and the engineering decisions that went into the Coco Three, and oh, that's just not good enough, and the Coco Three isn't going to be worth anything, and you know. Uh, stuff that, you know, when you look at in the present day, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, what were you smoking? Yeah, I remember a few of those, actually, because on CompuServe, which is where I was, I remember Marty was on there, too, and he was poo-pooing the uh, 6309 a lot at the time. Mm. You know, yeah. just as Power Boost and Nitrous 9 were just getting started, he was going, oh, that's, yeah. that's, you can't even trust the chip's going to work properly, you know, because this is unofficial, so it may work on some chips, not on others. And yeah. the rest of us are going, a, a, a thing as complex as a chip with all those extra features built in, if any one of those failed, the whole chip's probably going to fail. It's not going to, you know, screw up just the six three nine portion. It's going right. to screw up six three nine because it's all interlinked. So we were arguing with him back and forth on that. I mean, are yeah. those valid concerns, even though they proved to be unfounded? Were they valid concerns at least? Mm -hmm. 
I have um, no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it depends on your point of view. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Marty thought it was. <laughs> well, hey, well, history has proven that the chip has been, you know, flawless. That's rock but, solid. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, without you know, without knowing CPU engineering architecture, that's not a far stretch to imagine that you know. Yeah, it, it but could Marty's be a potential a hardware guy, so I mean, okay. we would. Yeah. Hmm. I think yeah, there's a lot of discourse later, but there's a lot of discussion back and forth, sort of uh, religious wars over uh, what is the best terminal program. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I completely missed that boat on, but we we were talking about that right before we went live. That there, we we do need to have like a BBS centric episode where we'll we'll cover things like how do you connect a modern Coco to these uh, you know Telnet based BBSs and you know old and new terminal programs. We we should make that the main topic of a show hopefully soon because it is something I'm interested in doing too, um, just for grins and giggles. So, but not not via dial up. <laughs> So, um, well, you uh, could. I think we should there, try. There are some that are that still have dial-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the I thing that I've always, the thing that uh, that uh, is sort of tempting to me, but but it's not, is what if I added to uh, to this site uh, the ability to add and reply to messages? Now that would be madness. Right, 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 right. Because how do you track that? How does the original person see it? They'd have to be plugged in. They're just, yeah. I think yeah. we're not going to go there. No, because then, because at that point, you're tampering with history anyways. You reply to a 30-year-old thread, and now the, the message counts screw up. And uh, yeah, it's just, I think this is great to be a one-way look into the past. Um, I, I do I, think there should be a place to discuss some of that stuff, though, because some of that stuff from a history point, you know, some things yeah, have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to continue the discussion where it right. left off. But maybe not right in the Delphi. Right. Well, here's this 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 we, this piggyback. We do have on, a channel for it on uh, on Discord. That's true. There's a Discord channel, and and Jim Brain Jim Brain from Retro Innovations was saying, is there a way to have an even more contemporary view of this, as in a forum view of the threads? Because even we, the forums yeah. the forums are slightly retro at this point too. You know, so uh, right. So. It, it sort of does beg for, you know, can we have like a button to say, give me a modern interface for this thing. Don't quit torturing me. Yeah. Uh, so that that could happen someday. I don't, I'm not sure. I like, I like the nostalgia part yeah. myself because that, that, that brings back the memories of 30 years ago when this is going on. <laughs> Alan Huffman yeah. just drops in and goes, I love being out of the loop. Every time I drop in is super exciting stuff. <laughs> Welcome to the loop, Alan. You've been out of it. Here's the loop. Here's you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the nostalgia thing for me on this, partly the nostalgia of seeing you know the old Delphi interface as it was in the past. But I mean, we're dealing with a computer that we're doing nostalgia in the first place, so yeah. it just follows along that we should be at least showing that. I mean, maybe have an option later on to do it more modern as well. Right. But having the old-fashioned way, so some of the people that joined the community late. I think yeah. So if if anything, Rick, maybe just this. These are just suggestions. It's not feature creep, but um, maybe have a slider where you can adjust the speed of the printout, where you can make it faster or slower, and then possibly mm-hmm. the some scroll bars because it would be nice to be able to back scroll on these messages that are too tall for the screen. So if right. you could maybe implement those two features, where somebody wants to see it quicker, you know, you could have it real time, or you could slow it down. So just you know, slide the speed, and then be able to, because uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff you can't keep up with it. Uh, is there a pause key where you can at least maybe pause it as it's coming down? Uh, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, the original so we'll, Control we'll S and Control Q, didn't it? Right. It did. 
Yeah. So. Exonics, obviously. Yeah. Um, anyways, that just just some thoughts. Uh, so, yeah. Your slider should have like three hundred baud, twelve hundred baud, twenty four hundred baud. Yeah. Like Somebody suggested that I have a little counter in the in the corner of the screen that shows how much uh, money you. Oh, uh, your phone bill. <laughs> you have What's it? your phone bill? And then you could have an adjust for inflation amount on that too. So. <laughs> oh, and you have to adjust by uh, if you have the uh, surcharge for the business rates during the day during the week. Oh wow! Can you imagine? And add the Canadian data pack surcharges if you really want yeah. to go broke fast. <laughs> that was that's when I you know I again I I missed the cocoa thing. I I did local dial ups on my Tandy one thousand, so I did local bulletin boards. But when um when the the dawn of the new internet, uh, my first experience was using America Online, and at that time it was by the hour, right? So you paid like nineteen ninety five a month, and you got like two hours. And then they charged you by the hour to stay on. And so once I got that first bill and I saw how much it was, I'm like, all right, it's time to find an ISP because this 1995 for unlimited internet access sounds a hell of a lot better than this AOL crap. So I didn't stay on there very long. <laughs> uh, so the more uh, navigation I add, the more it begs out to have more added. So it's sort of a never-ending process. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think it's really good where it is kind of retro right now, but mm-hmm. maybe a couple of uh, quality of life improvements to that same retro experience <laughs> might be. Uh, well, one thing that I added that wasn't on the original Delphi was the ability to say search OS 9, say. Oh, and, keywords, uh, keyword search. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Delphi didn't have that, that I know of. So, yeah, be sure and I couldn't, I, I couldn't live without that, so I added that. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, that's a neat project. Uh, thanks for doing that. You're too kind. Uh, cool stuff, cool stuff. All right, we ready to jump into some more news? We got a lot of news to cover this week. You guys, you guys ready to do it? Yep. You want to do your chunk first, and then I'll just uh, yeah, I gotta... as we go, and then I'll finish off whatever ones I have. Yes. Hold on. I'm just, just trying ready to share screens and stuff. Yep. 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 Hold on one second. I'm switching over. All right. So we're getting into the news portion of the show right now. And this is stuff that's been um, in the in the queue to discuss for at least a week, if not two. So not all of it's super duper timely, but it's things that I've been wanting to get to that just haven't. So one one of the ones this, this is a board I, I know enough about to be dangerous. But this is um, the person who posted this. This is Bass uh, Beta Beta Gamma Computing, and these are boards for mostly for the Dragon, but I guess they would work on the Cocoa, right? So it's an SD card solution for the Dragon and Tandy color computer. Covers pretty much every format from tape to disc. So this is kind of like the Dragon version of the Cocoa SDC. It's similar but not the same. And I, again, I say I know enough to be dangerous about it. Does anybody know? A little bit more about what this product does. Um, it does mount an SD card. I think it has a flashable um, EEPROM on it where you can have a custom ROM. And I believe it also mounts a lot of the cassette files, which were more prevalent in the world of the Dragon. So you can kind of mount those CAS files and load them off of this. That's what I think I know. Anyone else have more knowledge on this? I don't know more knowledge on it, but the, the cassette thing intrigues me because I know some of the games that were written for cassette um, were expecting video to be mapped at a certain spot where this basically gets moved. So some of the old cassette games actually crashed. And some of the larger cassette games, like say that would run in 32K, won't even fit and run properly on a disc basic. Because the disc basic ate up some of the RAM, right? Yeah. yeah. So it'd be intriguing like if, if this runs and it doesn't need a disc basic ROM enabled to 
access the cassette files on it, then you might be able to run some of these old games off of an SD card that you couldn't before. So th that intrigues me. Okay, so quite a comment. Qui-Gon saying it's not compatible with the Coco 3. And is this the Dragon MMC? But he says it does do cassette files. Okay. So is that what we're looking at here, uh, Michael? Qui-Gon? Is this the Dragon MMC? So it is something similar to the Coco SDC. It's got some similarities because you can use an SD card, but I think there are some differences where it doesn't have an SDC DOS necessarily. So... Um, all right, so this was posted, so a, a run of this recently happened, and it was posted in the Dragon group. I think it was cross-shared to the Facebook group and the Glenside group and a few groups like that. What I will do is try to have all these links um, put in the description later on for show notes for those of you who want to follow some of these links. So you might want to check that out. So nobody here has used this Dragon MMC then, right? I have not. No. I'm surprised no, this is not, something Ron doesn't have. Yeah, go ahead there, Grant Leedy. Yeah, does the Coco SDC it does work on a Dragon, correct? It yes. does, but it works. It works as it still works as kind of a Dragon DOS. Where I think this is slightly different, where it's not um, necessarily working the same way as a DOS. I, actually, I don't know how it works. Yeah, there's a dip switch on the SDC to control whether it's Dragon mode or Coco mode. Okay, you also have to have Dragon DOS in one of the ROM slots. And yeah. Switch. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes now, sense. Now, Sixty's mentioning some details here. In the he chat. says he, he said, uses Slen B to patch Dragon ROM. It's quite clever. Also provides snapshotting. Okay. How much is it? I don't know. I so mean, snapshotting means you could save something in progress and then pick it up where you left off. Okay. Which would be. Yeah, that's something that like emulators offer offer offer. You know, like if you're working on something and you just want to save your state into RAM. On the yeah, or even a game. Like if you're playing a game and all of a sudden you get called away, you can just save it right where you left off and then come back and pick okay. it up later. Yeah, it just saves RAM state. Saves yeah. the entire RAM you state. You could be on level one even longer. So, cool. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think we know enough to be dangerous, but I would like to find out more about this. And so uh, it sounds like we are getting a little bit of input now between Michael Brandt, Qui-Gon Jinn, and uh, Karen Anscombe Sixty, author of Exroar. Uh, thanks for being here, Karen. And by the way, the link to the, the – link to the um, to the Zoom call is here. So the Zoom call is open if you guys want to join us. It's always open, uh, and everybody's welcome to come join the conversation. We'd, we'd love to have you. Sometimes it's easier to talk than to try to read the text. Uh, uh, yeah, Mike's I, saying the Dragon MMC auto switches. No dip switches needed to determine if it's a Coco or a Dragon. So oh, neat. Nice okay. Okay, Alan Huffman says, I'm on an unlimited cell connection, and I've gone past 25 gigabytes, so they're probably going to throttle me. All right, thanks for sharing, Alan. Um, we're in the, we are here in the loop. You're welcome to join us in this loop at any time, Alan. So, and Alan, uh, if you join just audio, that shouldn't... Yeah, audio should be lower bandwidth. You, you yeah. should be fine on the throttling. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on from the Dragon MMC, so I just thought I'd share that. I'm trying to be consciously more inclusive of the other systems like the Dragon and the MC-10. I don't... Uh, intentionally neglect to talk about them. I'm just not always following them as much. So I'm trying to be a little bit more consciously inclusive of of our brothers and sisters in these other communities. Uh, well, some oh, people in North America have a dragon, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was going to show Nick Morenti's website right now, but I think Russian hackers have taken it down. So nickmorenti's.com <laughs> is down. Uh, I, I do have his YouTube video in my portion of the news. Like we can still show part okay, of it. Okay, so. perfect, perfect. This one was posted a little while ago, but I thought I would share it. Our very own Ron Delvaux 
artist extraordinaire was talking mm-hmm. about uh, the Color Computer Dream Team. This is when Paul Fiscarelli and Simon Jonasson got together to um, make that Dino Run Dino Run game that we showed off a week or so ago. Uh, uh, oh, so retro, uh, Jim Brain says, on a future tech corner, I'd love to know how they auto-switch. Maybe we should invite that uh, the creator of that product to, uh, to come join us. So the Color Computer Dream Team. Nice, nice little artwork there, Rondelbo. Yeah, when we have those guys uh, together... You can show that first and then. Yeah, that can be their intro graphic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will mention when I first saw this, Ron, I was an idiot because when you said Color Computer Dream Team, you had pictures of the three different Cocos, the one, two, and the three. And I just thought you meant the Color Computer itself was the Dream Team. No. I had to read down further and figure out, oh, you're talking about people. Yeah. 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 So cool stuff. I didn't say the A Team because sometimes that's not so good. Right. (laughs) Well, um, again, getting back to BBSs and stuff, this post came from David Lord um, asking, does anybody remember the Singing River Computer Club Colorama BBS? Um, found this during my decluttering project. I believe the business card... Oh, this was the business card itself. This business card is 35 years old. Um, so uh, does anybody remember the Singing River Computer Club? I can say I can say 50%. I do not remember Singing River Computer Club whatsoever, but the Colorama was a commercial BBS product, and I do uh, know some other ones. We had one in Saskatoon that was running off of it at one time. <laughs> uh, speaking of the A-team, Ken Reichert says, I love it when a plan comes together, right? So <laughs> dun, 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 it looks dun, like somebody, somebody screen printed the um, VIP uh, oh, the VIP? Yeah. yeah. How many times have we done that? Yeah. I ain't getting on no plane, Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Colorama BBS. Yeah, we definitely need to do a BBS expose, maybe a how-to and a tutorial and show off some live BBS footage and coverage. Um, and we're getting a lot of people, again, new to the community with some questions about where to go, what do I get? Uh, how to buy on eBay, what to look out for. Once I have a cocoa, what should I have? What should I do? So this was a post from Jim McClellan. I think there's been a bunch of his, but it's because I pulled the, the trigger on a, on a deal for a cocoa two, would have liked a cocoa three, but it's a start. Now what? You know, it's basically, I, I just got my first cocoa in 40 years. What to do, right? And so we're getting a lot of posts on, on things you can do, the archive.org and the color computer archive and, I, I have a page on the I'm a coconut website, I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T.com. So I have a page that's called Start Here that's kind of like a landing page that says, if you here's some things to know about, you know, here's the must-haves, here's the top resources as far as websites and archives and, and podcasts and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this question is going to keep coming up, right? Uh, people are going to continue to, to enter the community. I just got a cocoa. And where do I begin? Where do I go? You know, and so um, for me, I to me, this is my favorite thing because is that, you know, that whole voyage of discovery, the, the kind of rekindling of that nostalgic, uh, you know, that whole, you know, enjoyment and the energy. And, you know, I just got it so exciting. I got my color computer, you know, um, to me, that I, that never gets old. I hopefully I will never get jaded in the retro hobby like, oh, another noob to the community. Oh, another person asking the same questions to me. That's never, I was gonna that's say, never that's old. Really nice. 
Yeah. That's one really nice thing about our community. We don't go, you know, RDFM or do a search or yeah, any of that. Right. We're <laughs> happily answer the questions and grow our community. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a bunch of different Minecraft groups, and somebody will ask a question, and people are going to respond with, yeah, have you heard of Google? You know, <laughs> things like that. Wait a second. Yeah. We're supposed to be a community here. You know? Exactly. So, <laughs> So, um, and I think we had, we've, we've had this as a topic. We should probably, you know, continuously re, re, um, revisit this topic. But yeah, one of the things I did just to plug that website again, because it's a website that will bring you to all the other websites or a lot of them anyways, but the I'm a coconut website was my thing I came up with to just kind of keep these things in one place under one roof, where to go, what to do. You know, when we mention you know, the Cocoa SDC and DriveWire, I got links to all these different things. So they're all there. Uh, but obviously, ask the questions in the Facebook group. There's a lot of great people there. Come to our Discord server. A lot of great people there. And can join us on Cocoa Talk. And we'll be happy to answer your questions and, and share that excitement of getting that first Cocoa again after, you know, however many years it's been. So I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, I think this one has been sold, but this was a listing from one of the members in our Facebook group basically saying... Uh, uh, winning bid twenty dollars. Somebody got a sixty-four k Coco two for twenty dollars, but with twenty-three dollars shipping. But still, for 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 oh, okay. for under fifty dollars. Yeah, you gotta love that. That that was somebody who posted it. So that's that's a that's probably a good place to start. Um, is ask somebody in the Facebook group who's got a Coco to sell. And so when you have a member of the group post a computer that is theirs, at least you're able to know who the owner is, and they're going to give you more details. When you buy on eBay, it is a little bit of a crapshoot. However, I can say from personal experience, I've bought well over a dozen Cocos, and I've had very few issues. The machines seem to hold up pretty well. So you've got a 90% chance of, of not buying a lemon when you buy a Cocoa from a stranger on ebay but if it's from somebody in the facebook group and they and they've owned it and they say yeah i did this and i cleaned the capacitors and i did this and whatever you know you're buying of confidence another one would be like carlos camacho in the color computer store he does all his restorations so uh terry steen i get so sick of stevie loving on newbies huh sorry terry um so that's cool for less than 50 dollars, that's a hell of a deal and that came straight from the facebook group um, now this question came up recently. Wink. Oh, he puts a wink after there. Oh, I see what you did there, Terry. All is forgiven. Wink. All is forgiven. Yeah. Go to hell and die. Burn in the eternal flames of damnation. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this question came up, and the guy joined our, our group recently under the name Coco Cat in Discord, and that is Atari Vision, who also does retro videos on YouTube. We recently showed off one of his videos where he, he did his top 10 favorite Coco 3 games, and, and I've had a, a relationship with Atari Vision going back to my early YouTube days. Him and I used to comment on each other's videos when we posted stuff. So um, Atari Vision came in on one of my live streams, asked a question. I said, hey, dude, join Discord. Discord asked the question. He had the problem where the red and blue were showing up as green and purple and the yellow stripe. And so, they, again, these are some questions that keep coming up. And so this is one that Jason Downs posted where he says, my evening project fixing the yellow bar on my 26-3126 Coco 2 replaced C26 with the smaller cap. Didn't make any difference. So I removed the timer 
put in a socket and replace that yellow bar is gone. Colors might be a bit bright, but I can live with that. Also replace the electrolytic capacitors. So um, these questions come up a lot, and there are a lot of us in the community with varying degrees of electronics expertise. So if you're not quite sure, uh, Facebook's a great place to go to. Discord's a great place to go to to get these questions answered, right? I think Ed Snyder has posted a uh, has a link on one of his sites on what, what parts you need and what to do. So... The, the the truth is out there, and there are people willing to share that with you. So I thought that was cool yeah. to see this. It was it, this has come up recently with a few people. And just to let people know, Nick Morota and I are at the bottom of that scale. So don't <laughs> ask us any harder questions. We're proud though. That's fine. Yeah, I, let's trust me. I'm in the same boat. You know what I mean? I I don't I don't even want to pretend to to know how. Even though I understand it now, that more better than I did when I was a kid, I still don't want to do it. You know, I'm just, it's not, it's now, it's not as much fear. It's just more respect and, and being lazy. Um, so, and this one we missed a while ago, but our, our, our very own John Lowry, one of our members of our community, he's on the show a bit and he's on Discord with us talking. So John got a Coco 3 recently and he posted that picture. We just haven't had time to cover that. It's going back to August 29th. Shows you how old that is. So, um, so Coco 3 in the box. Nice find, right? So John Lowry, hey, you got your Coco 3 yet? Right? So John got his. Congratulations, John. Um, always exciting. So did somebody mention recently that Coco 3s are becoming a little bit more, uh, popping up more on eBay and stuff, where there's like been a resurgence in them showing up in the market? Yeah, recently there's been uh, quite a handful of them. Yeah. No, but the price there, is so. still going up on them too. Like they've been fairly high price lately too, haven't they? Yeah, some of them have been posting out there like fifty or eighty dollars, but they still, by the time the bidding war is done, they're they're one fifty, one eighty, or two hundred. They're in Canada as well. Uh, the Kijiji site here in Canada, and there's quite a few Coco threes on there. Yeah. So what what's the average price of a Coco? What's what's the closing cost on a Coco three going for now? Is it still in, getting close to three hundred bucks? Oh. I don't know if it's 300, but uh, um, I think you're still you're going to be in the high 100s to low 200s. Okay. All right, and then by the there, time there's people, there, there's people out there posting them, you know, 300 dollars because you know they're hoping they're going to get that bite. Right. But, um, but I think if you're patient and uh, and you you, you got to watch them. I mean, uh, I actually picked one up this morning um, for a hundred bucks, mm. but the guy, the guy says it's not working. Some of you may have saw that one. Yeah, no, it, but it's I've kind of, it's kind of in rough shape. It looks like the thing might've been underwater. I'm oh, not sure. Wow. Wow. So I'm going to take that one on as a, as a restoration project. Yeah. But well, a lot of the holes in a lot of times, is that the one of all the holes in it? <laughs> uh, no, no, that was not that one. I did oh. drilled up. This one actually posted this morning. And ah, the guy, okay. The guy had it out there for one nineteen, and I threw a price out at him and he, he accepted it, so okay. We'll see what kind of condition it comes in, though. Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, what is the story behind that holes one there? Like, was that you know overclocking or something? And you need vents or what? I think it was venting. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. We have a we have a channel on Discord for that, don't we? <laughs> 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 um, uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, oh, oh. So when they, whenever you see something that says untested or not working. There's still a high probability that it might because a lot of people don't realize that this is RF out, you know. And um, now the Coco 3 does have composite out, but it's not the right color codes. It's usually like white and red. So if they were looking for a yellow cord to plug in somewhere. So, you know, sometimes when they say untested or unworking, there's they still might work, you know. So because I, 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 I did that one time. I bought a Coco. Um, 
which said unworking, and I was just buying it on the 50-50 chance it might have an 87 gimme, which I needed for uh, my SVGA adapter. And I bought it, it said unworking, and, it, and the bloody thing worked, and it was clean white cocoa three you know what i mean it was like no sun aging or anything so um there's a chance it might work some people don't know how to test i'm sure yeah 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 they don't have a tv to hook it up with or something yeah, yeah i was just looking out here and uh recently uh i'd say within the last uh month uh cocos have gone in from anywhere from uh, 175 here's one that was sold for 250 so yeah, that's about the range that they're rolling in at. Well, somebody did pick one up for one thirty-seven, but they had to pay forty dollars shipping to get it, though. So it's something to factor in. But yeah, I'd, I'd say you know they're out there, but Man. you know to buy working ones, you're gonna you're still gonna pay some money for them. Right, and then they're shipping, of course, too. And then yeah, um, and we had we had this discussion uh, a while ago, but we but I think we all agree at this point five twelve k is your minimum standard. And then if you're going to do that, you might as well just go for two megs. So then you got to add six three oh nine. Yeah, to sixty three oh nine. But um, again, just because we have one of the vendors here on the show, but with Voice on Technologies, I'm not sure if I know he said he was on hiatus. But for fifty bucks from from Voice on, you can get the RAM upgrade, the DAP board, and a sixty three oh nine. So now you have to add another fifty to the cost of that two hundred plus dollar Coco three if you want it fully loaded. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it becomes it becomes a hobby of some expense, right? Because once you get the cocoa, not only do you need now you need to get the cocoa SDC. Well, now maybe I want to go ahead and get the RAM upgrade. And how about a switcheroo? And then I have to get the uh, HDMI discard conversion box. And then oh uh, shoot, there's a brand new keyboard. Oh, what about this Mega Mini MPI? Next thing you know, ka-ching, 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 five hundred dollar <laughs> cocoa. That's three. any hobby though. <laughs> you know, Honestly, I, I think the key the key word is switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> one Super. nice thing those old TVs are cheap I yeah. picked up this one behind me that has a um, uh, what's the not the composite the other one the component RF? component oh, no component ah. I'm running component and it was only like 20 bucks for that TV wow well that's so, cool that's $20 Canadian too so that's yeah, like Canadian yeah that's Two that's American yeah so that's cool. like what so what that's like $19.27 US then yeah, think of all the five dollar ukuleles you could have got with that money. <laughs> I like fifteen bucks right now. I, I'd yeah. like to speak up in in um, uh, about trading. Trading stuff is good. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I had um, a deal working this last couple of days, and I, I found this Spectrex for uh, three fifty, and the guy had six or eight games with it, which was good. Yeah. And I thought, uh, do you want to trade? And the uh, guy says, uh, what? And I said, well, I've got a Model 4 I could trade. I have a um, Coco 3. He goes, uh, I don't really collect computers. I said, okay, how about um, I have a telescope? And the guy goes, okay, uh, tell me something about it. So I showed him uh, how I felt, uh, took pictures of Saturn through it, whatever. And he goes, uh, that sounds great. And then... So I said, okay, we can meet. He's in Tucson. I said, uh, we can meet halfway and uh, trade. And he goes, oh, uh, yeah, uh, I forgot. I uh, should change my location. I moved to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Um, 
Earlier when we were talking about the website, uh, James Jones says it would be good to have a customized version of ESR's How to Ask Questions the Smart Way webpage. I'm not even familiar with what that is. Have you guys heard of that? How to Ask Questions the Smart Way? No. Maybe somebody Probably Google Eric that. Raymond. Eric Raymond. I don't know. ESR. Yeah. ESR is pretty common acronym used for him online. Uh, okay. Wrote the temple. Tim- yeah. How to ask questions the smart way. Yeah. Not, unfortunately. Yeah. Like a lot of communities, when you come in, there will be like a pinned post with, or free, you know, you have what's called the fact of frequently asked questions. And a lot of times when you go to a forum for the first time, there's, there's basic common answers that are already there. And then the new thing to do is just to go ahead and my first post is to post a question that was obviously mentioned in the top of the whole thing. Eric Raymond is what James Jones says. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that name of that person. I I live a sheltered life. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be nice. But I, I I think that's, that's on the plus side of this community is everybody has been very um, welcoming and very patient and very, you know, forthcoming with sharing knowledge and, and there's been very few times other than um, I think Grant Leedy where anybody's given anybody any attitude about anything here so um, I think that's a good thing right so uh, cool stuff uh, man yeah, man. so yeah I, I actually like this it's been a while since we've really dug into news and, and stuff um, so yeah this scouring the, the dragon group here too I actually like seeing these pictures a lot of these Pictures are, are being posted in the Dragon Group of people's um, cassette collections. Um, whoever keeps spotlighting the video, if you guys could stop doing that, because somehow it's screwing up my picture-in-picture picture here. I'm trying to have the picture-in-picture picture where, where other people are talking. We can we can see them, too. And when you're doing that, it kind of it kind of makes the same image show up twice. So when I'm doing this, if we could please not do that. Um, so a lot of people are posting pictures of their cassette collections, <clears throat> and it's gotten pretty large. I've seen a lot of different cassettes, and the Dragon was kind of unique where that was the primary way a lot of their software was distributed. The floppy disks were not as common, and I don't think there was hardly any commercial cartridge products, or not that many, probably a low amount, right, of, of period uh, ROM packs. Um, and you guys know of any, uh, you know, from the 80s, ROM software, cartridge software that ran on the Dragon? Or was produced specifically for the Dragon? Not that I'm familiar. All the Radio Shack stuff runs. Well, yeah, it would run, uh, except for maybe some keyboard mappings, but the, yeah, the joystick port should work. But yeah, I don't think the ROM packs were, uh, were a big thing for them. So I think a lot of their software was on cassette. So then you have, it's kind of like if you're into collecting classic vinyl, right? So you have, and then the cassettes, they're called J cards and it would be the equivalent of like album art. So you have the cover work, the artwork and stuff like that. And I remember somebody, I was in an off topic. Somebody posted a picture of, you know, the, the, the cover art of the game. You see like dragons and dinosaurs and fires and explosions. And the picture of the game looks like warlords on the 2600, you know? So sometimes <laughs> the game does not match the cover art, but that was an, that was a, a whole another level to it like the advertisements sometimes were not you know the advertisements made it look like you were playing something oversold on, yeah oversold so right? you had to imagination one thing i find fascinating about the dragon and, and like you have been watching all this on the dragon group on facebook is that people are collecting to get every version of a cover. Oh, so because there's variants and stuff too, right? Yeah, like sometimes the artwork's been completely redesigned. Maybe a different company took over selling it. And other times it's just yeah. minor tweaks, but they want every version. So like here's four versions of Morbid Mansion. I don't know if there is. Right, right. 
And to a small degree, we have some of that with, with even with Tandy ROM packs, because there was the early versions that said TRS-80, and then there was the rebranding that then said Tandy, so you can get different... Um, and, and the, yeah. the silver boxes changed, too, from the TRS-80 box to the And then the, the Coco 3 box. era one started adding descriptions on the label, too, instead of just the picture. Ah, uh, yeah. So there are some variants in, in Coco cartridges, too. So, yeah. No, there's... There's even the ones where that were special order from the Tandy catalog that's just a dot matrix printed label. Oh, you found some of those, Jason. At a, I, I found some of those after Tandy assembly. I, I do I do have one. Uh, the one I left behind was another copy of uh, Megabug. And, but, mm. uh, hey, what's that running in the background there? Oh, that's uh, that's uh, that's the uh, on special now Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. 20% off. Uh, <laughs> use coupon code division by zero air. Uh-huh. Speaking of oversold. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, yeah. How about we do that? Let's find a nightmare highway commercial and we'll run that. We've been running for a while. Uh, here we go. We're going to run a nightmare highway commercial and we'll be back after these words, kids. This Christmas, Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The new game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low-resolution visuals. Digital to analog converted sound. 100% 100% machine language and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that croc. Get your complimentary copy of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway at cancanmakeit.com. If you got it for free, you paid too much. Coming soon. All situations depicted in this trailer actually happened. This true story has been anonymized to protect the guilty. Starting in the dead of winter, a group of bored teenagers, blue stuff up, learned code cracking, learned phone freaking, hijacked and hacked. No system was safe. No one could catch them, or so they thought. True 
story at the dawn of the internet. System hacked. And I might as well take a moment here to thank our patrons, too, who are helping us pay the bills every month. Uh, these are the real sponsors of our show. So let's not forget Al Hartman and Alan Huffman and Blair Leduc, Brendan Donahue and his Coco VGA project, Brian Joyce and Fedor Stamen and DeBruce Moore and all of his sites like the Forest of Doom, Coco Forever, and now uh, System Hack projects. Davey Mitchell and Diego and Disney Saints fan and Eric Canales and Grant Leedy, Jason Downs, Jenna Furin, Ken Reichert, Kyle Etter, Malfunct, Paul Fiscarelli, Friend of Mythic, Paul Shoemaker, Richard Lorbieski, and his boysontech.com site, Rob Inman, Steve Bjork, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., and Tom S. Thank you all for your patronage by helping us pay all the bills to host the show and stream the show and podcast the show and all those things that we do. We want to say thank you and we're sorry. Um, so we're back from a little break. Uh, we've got an incredible panel with us. We're talking about news from around the world, Coco News, Retro News. We've just been joined again by our friend Air Turk, who was with us last week. Hey, welcome back to the program, Air Turk. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. Uh, speaking of news, your project. Uh, the Retro Shield was also just recently uh, blogged about and featured on Adafruit. So congratulations and kudos for, yeah, thanks. for Thank you. making the big that time, was surprising. right? Yeah. Um, I guess uh, James from Hackster.io bought one, and then he blogged about it, and then Adafruit uh, took it over. So I had a bunch of orders this week, and I've been working on those uh, – you know, at the same time, starting a new job. So it was very stressful. Ah. <laughs> I managed to get everything up. Yeah. Right, well, we certainly appreciate you sharing that with us last week and, and glad to have you here this week. Um, yeah, yeah, this week we are pl- kind, of, kind of playing catch up uh, by discovering what we call news. You know, some people will say, <laughs> well, is it really news or is it an announcement? Is it really important? But for us, it's all, if it's dealing with our retro favorite systems, it's it's important to us and we'd like to share. So, exactly. so that's kind of what we're doing today. So welcome back. And, and when we're done with the news, we'll get into project updates and stuff. So if you have anything you want to share with us on the update side, be be happy to have you do that. Um, okay. I'll, uh, yeah, I'm working on my st- stuff in the meantime, so, so I'll, I'll stay tuned. Okay, hold on. I just, uh, just had a power failure. Are we still streaming? Okay, yeah. we're back. Okay, so yeah, just had a little mini UPS hiccup here. Lights blinked, things beeped, my screen went out for a second, but luckily we're back and, and the show's coming up. It's, it's beeping again. Yeah, so Ken Reichert was saying that all the proceeds from Nightmare Highway go to Coco Talk. <laughs> um, earlier when we were talking about dragon stuff, uh, our good friend Karen Anscombe, Sixie, creator of XROAR, uh, mentioned that there were a few dragon-specific cartridges, an older version of Cyrus Chest, Berserk, Really bad asteroids game called Meteoroids, Ghost Attack, Starship Chameleon, a few more generally not amazing games. Well, I, th- I would say Starship uh, Chameleon was was pretty good. I like all of uh, Ken Kalish type stuff. So, um, and then we had um, uh, who else? So Sixty says, okay. So Curtis Boyle was saying to Sixty, the Coco ported games from Spectral and Mark Data and Computerware. Then we get the, the, some of those. I guess they did make their way onto the cartridge. 
Uh, all right, so we're back and we're talking about more news. And right before the break, I was talking about how we have the different uh, cassette covers for some of the Dragon software. And then here's somebody showing off some of those. Like, here's three different versions of Cosmic Crusader, right? So we have different covers. And then we have one with artwork. We've got a few without. And then when you look inside, the labels are different. Everything else. So, yeah, there are definitely some variants on that. So if you're into collecting Dragon cartridges you you might open up a pandora's box here right so um so cool stuff uh jim gary um has another one of his type in manias i think we've got a video for this too so this is a game that he ported to to the mc10 um it's called it's from the usborn system it's called haunted house text adventure so there is a youtube video for this as well um uh, I think I've got it somewhere else in, in the thing, so we'll make sure that we, 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 we recognize Jim Gary and our MC10 brethren. Um, so good job, Jim Gary, on another, another entry into the MC10's ever-growing software library. Um, I posted this survey uh, a week or so ago just to find out from the people who watch and listen the show um, how do they, um, you know... Uh, how how did you prefer to do this? And and what 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 really came about about this was I don't know maybe a month or so ago, I had the really bright idea, of um, can you guys hear me? I'm I'm right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, we can. Okay. Hear you. All right. Because uh, my in my software I was not seeing a gauge there for a minute. Um, I had the bright idea to add live audio to the show because I figured we're a live show, we're live and we're interactive. There are people who listen. And um, maybe some people maybe are on the road or they're in a bandwidth situation where they can't watch the show live, but they'd still like to be a part of the show live and be able to listen and interact. So I set up a whole new additional live streaming hosting, and it just turns out that seemingly nobody cared about that. It wasn't really a value add. And so I had actually put out a survey, and I asked people, how do you prefer to, to enjoy the show? Uh, unanimously, it's basically video replay was actually number one, and live video was number two. Uh, audio podcast was number three, and video podcast replay was number four. So video, live and replayed video on both YouTube and Facebook is how the majority of the people who answered this poll on survey. So this is not uh, on Facebook. This is not fake news. It's on Facebook. Um, I so. personally am holding out for the 8-track version. <laughs> so anyway, so I did want to find out, did anybody care about live audio? Would anybody be interested in live audio? And seemingly nobody does. So we have 86 that. We're no longer streaming live audio because it just did not seem to be a, a benefit to the community. So that ends that ends a short-lived chapter. Uh, I thought it was a great idea. It was just another thing to add, but it, apparently nobody cared. So that's fine. Breaker, we hardly knew you. We hardly knew you, but we try. You now, know, are we, are we still on Spotify? Um, I don't know. Who knows? You have to go out there and look. Um, now, David O'Connor, who's not with us today. But uh, so our fr another friend in Australia, Nick's neighbor, he'd found a website that um, starring the computer that had a bunch of different videos of the color computer as they appeared in uh, in different movies or TV shows, right? So I think there's a I think there's a YouTube video that's got a compilation of a lot of these all in one video, but this is one where apparently there were videos. Okay, so. I'm not even... Oh, this looks like from Friday the 13th, right? Yeah, so here it's broken down by movie. So this might not be a video clip. It might be... Okay, The Heavenly Kid from 1985, right? So starring the computer, 
the TRS-80 color computer. Friday the 13th, they show playing Zaxxon with the wrong colors. The Heavenly <laughs> Kid from 1985 has got one. Um, the Littlest Hobo, Season 3, Episode 7. I don't even know what that is, but that's a, that's a Coco. In that the was TV. a Canadian TV yeah, show a Canadian featuring TV show. a dog. Okay. Moonlighting. Oh, wow. Moonlighting. That's a Coco back there. That's Bruce Willis, right? Where's um, Bear? The Paper Chase. There's things in here, the Silver Spoons, right? This one is supposedly Ricky Schroeder uh, hacked into the Pentagon and got uh, freaking F-16 plans and stuff all through his cocoa, right? Street <laughs> Hawk. We'll show you how Hawk. Yeah, Street Hawk, right? Uh, the Swamp Thing, the Swamp Thing movie. Look at that. There's a cocoa, a silver cocoa right there. That's really cool, right? This is Spinal Tap. There's a cocoa playing Polaris. Holy crap, look at that. That is cool, right? So there's ones on here that I that I had not actually seen in a, any any previous compilation. So that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So that's from starring the computer computers and movies and television. So cool stuff. Nice to see our Coco made some cameos at, at places like that. Is there any that you guys can think of that we maybe haven't covered here? Yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. Who could forget that? That's a big one, right? The Coco with the audio spectrum analyzer and the whole yep. concert and everything. Yeah. That was huge, right? I I did not know it was in Moonlighting. That is really cool. Uh, I don't even know what the hell the paper chase is, right? So, um, Is that another Canadian show? No, no, no. I, I think I might have seen it in Game of Thrones. I'm not sure about that. Uh, uh, actually, <laughs> I think it's Starbucks cup, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, I believe the Coco was nude in Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. Oh, my. All right. Making it with MC10. So um, this is probably worth mentioning, right? Bruce Moore had posted this in the Glenside Color Computer Group. But we, we do need to mention the fact that uh, the that elections are coming up. It's time to, to vote on who you want your next uh, cabinet to be. Who's our next administration for Glenside? Um, so the elections are coming. The Glenside Color Computer Club has coasted, hosted the last Chicago Coca Fest um, on September 12th. Uh, nominations. Oh, so we actually just missed that. Oh, no, we, it's a week away. So nominations are on September 12th. Voting closes at the Glenside meeting on October 10th. So you can nominate on September 12th, and then we're going to vote on who you want to be the officers of the club. So currently your president is John Linville, your vice president is Tony Pedraza, your secretary is Richard Blair, and your treasurer is Brian Goers. Now, if you've attended Coco Fest in the last year, you are already a member of the Glenside Color Computer Club, and you can vote, and you can join the meetings. And if you don't know how to join the meetings, go to the, follow the Facebook page or, or, or join us on Discord. We'll, we'll show you how to join the meetings, but the meetings are available online too. So you can join the video call. Uh, think they're using Blue Jeans, right, for that? And so Blue Jeans is kind of like our Zoom and our Skype and things like that. It's a audio video conferencing app. So um, if you are interested in being part of who you want to nominate or who you want to vote for, Make sure you check out the Glenside Color Computer Club at glensideccc.com. If you would like to be involved in this and you aren't already a member, again, go to their website. And I think in order to member, to become a member, you have to send a PayPal to our current treasurer, who's Brian Goers. And so it's brian7eg at gmail.com. But again, all that stuff should be on the Glenside site. So 
Um, cast your vote on who you want for president and for vice president and for treasurer and your secretary and everything else, right? Um, your vote counts. Your vote matters. And we want to make sure that we remind people about that. Anybody have anything else they want to say about a Glenside meeting? Have you guys been to a Glenside meeting lately online? Anyone here in the panel? I haven't. Terry has? Yes, sir. Yep. And so the meetings, I was at one a couple of weeks ago, or time flies, could be a month ago, but since they moved it to Brian Shubring's house, it seems like their meetings start on time and seem to get going, where before they had to wait for the library to open up and to figure out how to get the TV turned on and get things connected. And so it was usually about a 45-minute uh, initiation process <laughs> before the movie started. There were some meetings I was at that I actually rage quit the meeting before it even started. So at least now that they're doing them at Brian's house, they start. And um, yeah, I was at one not too long ago. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, this is this is our this is our event, right? Coco Fest is the event for Coco Nuts, and you do have a say in the club. Um, I myself would like to th hope that I know some people are leaving the Chicago area and Glenside is basically a Chicago area club. I, I'm hoping that the local members that 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 doesn't dwindle too much. I know a few people are talking about moving and leaving the area. I hope we can get some more um, people to join in the Chicago area. I'd like to keep as much local people involved with this as possible. Um, just because, you know, it's a Chicago club, it's in Chicago and you need people there to scout locations and do all those things they do but yeah that it is a regular computer club going on its 29th year they have meetings once a month that you can join in person or electronically they've got picnics they do all the things the computer club does and they host coco fest once a year so get involved if you're interested in that kind of stuff are we good on that anybody have anything they want to add to that all right, we're going to move vote on. Vote early, vote often. Yes, yes. Vote early, vote often. And so we have more AGD packs, right? So there's some big packs with lots of stuff in them. So the arcade game development, arcade game designer system, they continue to push out some of these packs. So we got more of those. Um, some new games. Mouser. Uh, looks like it's got mice and snakes and stuff, right? Uh Binary. Uh, I don't know what the hell that one's doing, but that looks interesting. Kind of looks like a stormtrooper. He does kind of look like a stormtrooper, and uh, I'm not sure what he's doing, but that's fine. Generacio Digital. All right, now that looks interesting. Some of these games look pretty cool. Robot: The Impossible Mission. Um, and this almost looks like a Boulder Dash type game. And uh, lots of levels, and we have one here that looks kind of Japanese uh, or Asian of some form. Uh, so, yeah, the hits keep coming with the uh, arcade game designer. So these things keep getting ported. The individual discs are released. The game packs with compilations keep getting recompiled. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Didn't he uh, say this one would be the last one? Yeah, I was just going to mention that, too. That's what he kind of mentioned in the message. Oh. Okay. This might be the last set. We're up to 207 games ported right wow. now. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Now, this is a this is a series of three clips, of three pieces of information that were all posted by Rob Inman. So Rob is really interested in the joystick conversions and taking, like, game pads and Atari joysticks and running them on the Coco. So he had posted uh, that recently, you can get this on Amazon, but it's a generic Sega gamepad, six-button gamepad, 
Now, granted, this one has the actual Sega Genesis connector. What does a Sega Genesis connector look like? Is it still the nine pin? I can't yeah, tell. The Genesis used to use the nine pin uh, connectors. I wish like I wish I could see what it what the actual one looks like because from here it looks bigger, but that's probably because it's got the uh, radio frequency receiving thing in here. So this actually looks almost more like a Sega Saturn controller, just a bit, because it's got the bumpers up top. Uh, it's got uh, your ABC, XYZ, your start. Um, but yeah, so this is a very retro looking, uh, I love this D-pad connector and these types of buttons. This was one of my favorite joysticks. And so this looks like this would be the, the receiver for it. And so, basically, it is a cordless uh, gamepad, which means you could plug it directly into the game system of choice if you have the original retro game system, or if you've got one of the various joypad adapters on the market, you could plug it into your joypad adapter and now have a wireless gamepad that you could run on your Coco, right? So, I thought that was pretty cool, right? And so, this is now somebody showing a video of them taking that wireless controller. And yeah, this will, this one hopefully we'll be able to see because um, it's got the connection. Retro Gaming Nation. Okay. So yeah, it does look like that DB9 connector there. So this is a, uh, I guess, an adapter for the Commodore. But if, if you can adapt it to the Commodore, or if, I guess the Commodore, you don't even have to adapt it, right? The Commodore connects directly like an Atari? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so here's them saying, you know, why deal with that when you can have this, right? So here's, here's that, and what now? Why do you need this adapter then if you don't have to adapt a Commodore? Or does this give you more buttons? Good question. Okay, so anyway, uh, so this is the wireless one now. So this is you now showing that hey, we've got this wireless controller, and we're playing it on our Commodore. So. Um, but the same thing here is that, yes, it would work on any other 8-bit system that had that direct D, DB9 or whatever you call that 9-pin connector. Or it could be adapted to the Coco with the appropriate joypad adapter. And you could have a wireless Sega Genesis-style D-pad controller on a Coco, which would be pretty cool for games that lend themselves to that type of controller, right? So that's cool. Anybody have any more input on that topic there? Anyone? Anyone? All right. Well, I wish Rob was here because I'm sure Rob would be a little bit more enthusiastic about it, maybe have some more anecdotes to share. But these were some of his submissions to talk about, so I want to make sure that I covered those. Um, well, just in general, a lot of games play a lot better with a gamepad. Uh, uh, Popstar Pilot, maybe? Oh, yeah. I almost got past level one with the, with the gamepad. So right. So. So this is Retro Man Cave had a video where he's gotten some donations. I guess people send videos, send things to him to feature on his channel. And so he's got some things in here. And apparently one of the things he's got here is some Sinclairs, right? Uh, some, And then I think somewhere along the way we've got some dragons. So somebody sent him some dragons to look at. And uh, let's see if this is it. That might be it. I'm not uh, playing the audio just because, I don't know. And um, someone who's supported the channel for a long time, so thank you, Andrew, not just for this, but for all of the support that you've given the channel. Uh, and I'm going to let slip now the big secret. Andrew is, in fact, the voice 
of Alan Sugar in our Mega PC series. So uh, what an impressionist. I'm sure you, you couldn't have told that that wasn't the real Alan Sugar. All right, tree cool. And here is the machine that you would have found in pretty much every school. In okay, so that's a BBC Micro. That's not the dragon, so we'll keep going. Let's find the dragon. Show us the dragon. He's got a lot of stuff, so he's got a lot of unboxings here. I'm not, I don't watch this guy too much, so this must be like the European version of the 8-bit guy, huh? Uh, apparently, he's, people know him and send him stuff. That's great. I wish I had that problem. People send me stuff. Hey, here's some free stuff. Show it on your YouTube channel. Uh, where the hell is the dragon? Did I miss it? Did I miss the dragon? Somebody said this was the one where they sent him a dragon. Maybe I misunderstood that. I think it was Dragon Software he got. Oh, Dragon Software. Okay. So some of those cassettes that we were talking ah, about earlier. Okay. I think so he's let's got see. some of those. Let's scrub through here. All right. Well, that's not as exciting as seeing a dragon. But anyways. All right. So, all right. Bad choice of video. Bad, 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 bad. Hey, Paul Thayer just got here. All right, but we'll have the links to this later on if you want to check it out. So maybe there's some dragon software buried in there. I don't feel like digging any 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 further. All right, for those of you not familiar with Fusix, Brett Gordon, who was recently interviewed on the Coco Crew podcast, this has been a project of Brett Brett Gordon's Fusix is a Unix-like operating system, not to be confused with OS9, but this is more like Unix, more like the old days of Linux, right? On the Coco, so uh, Fusix has just turned. Dot three. <laughs> We're on Rev 0.3. So this is like a big birthday for Fusix, right? So, um, yeah. So I wish Brett was around. I can't wait to listen to his interview. I haven't had time to listen to it yet. But he did post this, I believe, on in the Discord channel, possibly. I don't, he's not, Brett's not on Facebook, right? So maybe it was Discord where I found this. Um, and we do have a dedicated Fusix channel in Discord. So if you have questions about that. So this is... Version 0.3 is the latest release of Fusix, so it's kind of like a birthday. It's kind of like a celebration. Um, so good job, Brett. And there will be a link here if you want to grab it. If you have questions about it, because I don't know anything about Fusix other than it's a Unix-like, Linux-like operating system for the Cocoa, you can ask Brett about that. So good job, Brett. Um, here's one of Jim Gary's videos, right? So this one is called Umbrella School Maze. Oh, no, this is not Jim Gary. This is Umbrella Terms. School Mage Educational Games. Um, is this MC10 or Coco? I don't Content even... warning. Flashing lights and colors. Are you serious? What the hell are you talking about here? Okay. Uh, so this is, this is, oh, they're, they're reviewing different systems. Okay. So here's some stuff for the dragon. Okay. Dragon world. All right. Dragon data in 1982. During the UK's early 80s microcomputer boom, around the time of its release... The Dragon 32 was the third best-selling microcomputer in the UK. Okay, so here's a bunch of different educational games for 8-bit systems, and it looks like some Dragon stuff is mentioned in here. So we'll give you a link to this video here, too. I knew that had some Dragon-related content in it. Uh, this one, too, is, a, is a, a game for the Dragon 32 cassette called Inferno, and this was posted by who? Who posted this one? I think me. No, but I mean, who's the author? Okay. I, oh, it's actually from an old magazine from the sounds of it. Um, but, I, mean, I don't know who posted the video, but... Yeah, uh, who's the video? Yeah, who's the video channel? Inferno, huh? Look at this title screen here. This is exciting stuff, huh? Inferno by Cascade Games. 
You must go to the room on the right to get water, to put out the fire in the room on the left. Each time you fill the bucket, your score increases. All right, he sounds like he's got a very British accent. All right, so. What mode is this in here? Is this uh, P mode 9? <laughs> Semi graphics 100. Semi graphics. This one goes to 11. <laughs> so. Oh, so you don't even see the bucket. You just turn blue when you get the bucket. And then. You bring the bucket to the other side, and you put out the fire. You pick up a bucket that you can't see to go put out a fire that you can't see. Um, and breaking news, Jim Gary has already ported this to the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then boom. All right. And does the screen six, six, six saying in the chat here she, that this is off cassette 50, which is, a, I, guess, I guess, kind of a, a cassette magazine or something. Okay. So there were... The cassette 50 were quite famously bad. There was one for various platforms that I included okay. all basic games, many buggy. <laughs> so you had to do this 10 times. And he obviously he sped up. The, oh, so I see what's happening. The fire is the checkerboard on the bottom. The fire is rising. Ah, which means you could. Oh, I see. I'm like, where the hell is the fire? Right. So the fire is this checkerboard pattern down here. So what? Okay. There we go. So, yeah, the fire was rising. Yeah, the fire is getting higher. Now you can't get across, right? Because if you touch the fire, you've been burned. Ah, okay. Well, there we have it. The music sounded like Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was a game for the dragon by an infamously, um, infamously crappy cassette company, huh? Um, so uh alan is saying will the comments stick around when the uh videos played the letter yes the comments are baked into the video but they're also will replay in the sidebar of replaying the video um Paul, baked in comment goodness baked in comments, right uh okay uh ken reichard uh can we have a blast from the past with the new math tutor right when we're showing off those educational videos uh, 60, the cassette 50 was quite famously bad. There was one for various platforms. Uh, Dragon included a basic games. Very, very buggy, huh? Okay. All right. So we're continuing with news here. Uh, this was one where we have the Coco 3, an OS 9 serial terminal communication to a Model 4. I don't remember this if This was we... one I was going to play all the way through because this is actually how I first discovered the power of OS 9 and when we decided to bring it into work. Okay, you want me to save this for you to cover then, Curtis? Uh, that's up to you. You can play it now. I can comment over it. Okay, so when we put it, full, put it full screen? Yeah, and just let and it run. It's a, just, just a couple just minutes. A quick so. video to with, see with if audio. we can get the Color Computer 3 and the Model 4 talking. I'm doing some serial port troubleshooting on this and uh figure if i can get these two talking like they used to i will be in much better shape okay first thing like that cursor's bothering me set the mon type to rgb this guy knows his os9 be using x mode a few times I'm about a couple of display codes let's get an and h e f f nine six zero niner this is a 512k coco3 so oops i can't type anymore over. So we've got 432 free, and actually, let's, we're going to use the Bitbanger serial port for this. Um, I do have a, I do have a RS232 pack floating around someplace, but until I dig that out, I'm just going to use this. Ease so right now, of use. I just set it to 01, which is 600. I can safely go up to 1200, and that's how high we're going to go. 
So that will be bot equals O3. Look how easy this operating system is to use. And that should be that. Um, we'll go over and configure the Model 4, and then once we're done with that, we will configure, we'll just send a command over and we'll see if we can get the shell. So, we're gonna set. This looks like this something. This is when Bill and I got the idea um, to run terminals that work. Uh, device to yeah, this seems like a David Ladd project. This is something David would do. Okay. Let me see if I can take this convoluted thing and connect Seth it to this complicated thing and take something simple and make it really complex. <laughs> Whatever, Stevie. Whatever, Stevie. Oh, really? Because we can. Actually, it is handy, though, especially if you got a Coke 1 or 2 running almost nine. Okay, and now we're just going to run com. Okay, another. Oh, I gotta tell it that I want to use star co. Oh yeah, don't forget that. Don't, okay. don't forget there that. Don't right. forget your hashtag co. Okay, let's go back here and see if we can <laughs> echo something over there. Echo, 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 echo. Man, I can't type today. Oh, that's a car. He doesn't. He doesn't have the. Uh, he doesn't have the Ed Snyder keyboard. That's why. I'll oh, redirect that over to device <laughs> T1. And it should come over over here. And sure enough, it did. Now, the interesting thing here, and this will work a lot better when I'm not using a Bitbanger, I can set a shell up over on the Model 4 and run it in the background. There we go. And over here, I now have a shell. Now, that is kind of cool. So now he's that using OS 9 on this. Remember. Now the Model 1 says terminal to his OS 9. Yep, that's what we did at work, and we okay. had PCs hooked up to it, uh, actual hard terminals, what kinds of stuff. That is cool. The goal is to get the color computer connected. I will give you that. Like that's cool. In this room. Um, the nice thing is, as much as this terminal is kind of crappy... And, and back in the day when we didn't have, like, on a Cocoa 1 and 2, especially when you only had a 32-column screen, which kind of sucks for screen. editing stuff, you could yeah. fork it over to an 80-column terminal or a 132-column terminal. Or, and some of the commands actually know how to use the wider um, screens on those terminals. A little communication between the Color Computer 3 and the Model 4. I'm going to kill this show so I can return my Color Computer 3 back to its normal speed. And there we are. And uh, I could be using Nitrous 9 on this. I do have Nitrous 9, but uh, commands are a little different. I've changed a bit, and I'm more used to OS 9 Level 2. And for things like this, where I'm not dealing with a date, um, and it's simple enough, it doesn't really matter. This is the system disk I had and found, and this is the one I used. So that's it. Until next time, thank you for joining me on a short trip of talking between the Cocoa 3 and the TRS-80 Model 4. How do you like those apples? So this Can I make a comment? Yes, you can, David Lamb. Um, so in the situation that he was showing there, uh, back in the day when I had my Coco 3 and was doing um, the OS 9, and also when I had just the Coco 2s, um, I would have one machine running OS 9, level 1, when it was just the Coco 2s I had. And then one would run OS 9, and the other one was just running terminal and then therefore you could you know have both your primary screen and the other coco that's running a terminal so you were in fact having two screens on the same coco okay run stuff even back at level one you could run multiple programs you just didn't have a way to flip screens so that's where you would then it was kind of poor man's windowing. Well, actually, expensive man's windowing because you needed two computers. <laughs> yes, but the but the Coco Three get, opened up a whole new realm because 
now instead of only 64K of RAM, now you had a lot more. And like with Curtis, with his business, you had machines all over the place, printers and all the fun stuff. Yeah. That, like I said, it replaced a PDP-11 yeah. for far cheaper. Well, let me ask far you this. Maintain. Could you run Doom on it? Yeah, it was text mode adventure game version of Doom, but it, it works fine. <laughs> oh, Go north, kill demon. No, it's fine. <laughs> Actually, we did have some arcade games that Bill and I did just fiddling around on weekends and we were bored. Because some of the the terminals had like block graphics, kind of like a model one, three, four had. Yeah. So we actually made little games like subs would go across the screen. You have to bomb them from your ship on the top. Oh, and, that's and those cool. And ran on terminals. So yeah. It was it was it was fun. We could but you have to write it for each terminal because each terminal had slightly different different codes control different codes graphics and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there was a there was a couple of libraries. Um one came with Scred, the screen editor and the developers pack that actually you could just define terminals and what different codes did what, and then you would just run Scred on the terminal, it would automatically recognize, oh, you're running on a VT one hundred. Use these codes. I'm running on an ANSI, right? Use these codes. Um and then there was a third party one that some of the uh, stuff that was developed third party wise, uh Remember, it was called Curses or something? No, that was a printed one. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. TermCap. And uh, <clears throat> you could actually write some other things, too. So people did, like, primitive windowing where they'd, you know, tell it to redraw in a certain square on the screen. So you could do pop-up windows mm. on these terminals. Kind of fake ones, but... Yeah, yeah. I'll as long as you ran at a fairly decent baud rate. Like, if, you, if you're running on the Bitbanger, you know, 1200 was pushing it already. So that didn't work all that well. But if you had the RS232 pack... Or some of the sixteen five fifty packs, and you're running at ninety six hundred baud or nineteen two or something like that, you could actually get a pretty decent terminal. In fact, with the original Osine level one or level two, the screen drivers before we start optimizing them with Nitrous Nine were actually slower than ninety six hundred baud equivalent. So we would fork a shell over to a terminal, and it would actually run faster on the terminal than it would on the Cocoa itself because the screen couldn't keep up on the Cocoa itself because it had to scroll everything on its own. Mm. Meanwhile, on the other one, you just sent it the data, and it would do all the scrolling and stuff all on its own. So it was actually faster until Nitrous 9 came along. That's cool. That is kind of cool. Get one retro machine talking to another retro machine over a cable. And in this case here, because it's OS 9, it's actually running a multi-user, multitasking operating system. That, that is yeah. cool. And we, we use modern machines, too. I mean, my, my main terminal onto the Cocoa 3 system at work was a 386, which was fairly new at the time. And that was I used it as a terminal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back in Windows 3.0, 3.1 days because Windows sucked back then. Yeah, we're using Procom for DOS. Uh, I use Telex. Telex, okay. But you basically use a DOS-based terminal even though you had Windows 3.1. Yeah, there weren't that many good terminals for Windows 3.1. I don't think any of them supported color. Hyper hyper term or whatever it was. was That came out around the XP time. I don't think Hyperterm was. No, on there the was 3. an earlier one. I don't know if it was three, but I know it was under Windows ninety five and ninety eight had a version. Okay, yeah, yeah, and Windows ninety something, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Paul Thayer's editor. Paul says Doom is. Yeah, Paul mentioned he recently talked to uh, the guy who from ID who worked on Doom. So this guy's recording. Yeah, so they're kind Paul, we need to get him. We need to get an interview with him. See if you can hook that up, man. That'd be awesome. And it's not a Coco project, but it's still one we'd all be interested in uh, in hearing about. Um. Yeah, cool stuff. All right. Now, I always have a hard time pronouncing this name. Can you help me, Curtis? Is it Miyagami? Sure. Miyagami. Okay, and I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. But does anyone have the source code to Minizork for the Coco? I've been doing a lot of research on it, and I can find some information about the C64 version. 
a little bit about the Atari 400-800, but I am uh, unable to find any history of the Coco versions. To be clear, I'm looking for the program proper. I'm looking for history. So did we get a few responses? Um, Mini Zork is a cut-down version of Zork that was developed by Infocom. Um, I have copies of it for the C64 and Atari 800 and the Coco, and I have solved it. My major issue is I'm having a hard time with is that I cannot find anything that tells me is the version I have the Coco official or was it fan ported? Okay. Um, that's again, yeah, cause that Z interpreter is out there. So, so mini Zork, I'm not that familiar with most of these Infocom games. I don't think I really played them, but I know that the interpreters out there. And so technically we could play any of those games now, but do uh, you guys have any knowledge on the mini Zork and source code or anything like that? I, I had never heard of the mini Zork before. I didn't, hadn't even tried it on the other machines that are mentioned as being official ports. So I don't know if this was a back port because mm. I know, like you said, the Infocom engine has been duplicated. In fact, um, Zipster at Snyder's actually, you know, made it yeah. with the Coco VGA and stuff. So with 64 columns. Uh, but I do remember all the Infocom games they used to be, have full page ads in Rainbow and stuff too, where they were selling Hitchhiker's Guide and Zork 1 through 3. And yeah, yeah. Even well, Radio Shack sold some of them. Like, uh, And I'm surprised John Linville hasn't chimed in because they had the guy on who worked on the Coco Interpreter, the original Z Interpreter for the Coco. They had interviewed him. And I think John had done some work with Z Interpreter and Z Code. And I know Ed Snyder has. So there's a few people in the community with some experience in this. Uh, I am not as knowledgeable. So hopefully we'll get some more answers on Facebook. And I know she's been uh, doing a lot of uh, long plays on text adventures, which is something I always wanted to get to. And I'm glad somebody is doing it. You know, I mean, I think I did one. I did one on Bedlam. Um, and we've talked about um, doing one, like a crowdsource one, where we could play one together. And then still like to get some more of our nighttime game playing sessions back when, you know, if we can all not be too lazy or have food comas or be drunk already. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, it's too late. <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get some answers there. There are some people in the community with, so we have gotten some responses. I don't know if she's gotten the full answer that she's looking for. So hopefully we'll find out more on that. I am not familiar with the difference between full Zork and mini Zork. And then here was our very own Rick Adams. Thank you. you too kind. And thank you. So I think Rick has given us some more on that. So we've got some updates. We've talked about some feuds with Sockmaster of all people, right? A Sockmaster yeah. feud. Imagine that. Imagine him sounding like a, what did, how did Marty refer to him as a uh, immature child or something like that? I don't know, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Some non-flattering Way. But I mean, how I was going to ask that question when Rick was talking about how old was Sockmaster back then? Because I've seen pictures of him at PenFest, and he looked like a teenager back then in 2000, which was 18 years ago. So in the in the in the time of Delphi in the mid 80s, how old would Sockmaster have been? Anyone? Well, Twilight Terminal would have been later. That would have been the early 90s, I think. Okay. At least that. So that would that would have been the time frame of that Twilight term controversy i don't know his exact age but i don't think he's 50 something like i am i think he might be younger now he might be yeah, i think he's a bit younger than us yeah yeah a little so, bit. so if he had sounded a little bit immature it's possible that he might have actually been young <laughs> you <know? laughs> so um interesting stuff right and then um restoring a coco 2 uh, another video that uh, from retro tech toys let's let's see what this looks like here real quick and uh, restoring a coco 2 Let's get to the good part. So here's what it looks like right now. It's kind of yellowed. Let's see if we can fast forward. Now he's getting into the innards of it, opening it up. 
showing us some of the guts. Let's listen yeah, and just make sure that after you put the keyboard back on, first make sure you slide the ribbon cable in like so. So what was he actually looking at back here a minute ago? To blow some of the air out. Okay, so just kind of yeah, cleaning it up. I got this air blaster yeah. uh, at an estate sale for like a quarter. It's from 1997. It works great. Everything in here seems to be pretty clean. I already wiped the outside. So full and I cut the video part of an RCA cable and I spliced them together and used some electrical tape. It works pretty well. Oh, from uh, uh, I'm gonna give an RF cable? A bit better, but for my yeah. purposes for now, this cable works. And we'll see. Yeah, not bad for RF out, yeah. right? And he demoed two, two games. He got two game cartridges with the two Demon Attack and Dragonfire. So, yeah, that it looks makes pretty it that clean. Much more fun. Than he throws bomb. The most colorful Coco one and two game ever. That completely sucked. <laughs> 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 so. Uh, Cool stuff. So this one wasn't like doing any retrobiting or, or re he, he recapping or retrobiting. Yeah, okay. He, he discussed that. He, he took a look at the caps. He said the caps look fine on this particular one. Okay. He said the retrobiting, it is a little bit yellow, but he said, you know what? It's an old computer. I yeah. don't see a need to yep. bleach it out. So. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the keep it yellow camp myself. If it's old, it needs to look old. Um, cool stuff. Kind of like us. Yeah, yeah. And here's, here's Curtis. Curtis Boyle with some feedback there. Okay. This one maybe we'll get we'll get David to chime in on. Um, so David Ladd, are you still with us? Have I insulted you away from the show or are you still with us? I am here. David is here. So I, I think so this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Uh, I'll set it up and then you can uh, you can slam dunk it with the assist. But right, so one of the things that's interesting about this um, from our perspective, where we're hopefully going to use this, is that Nick Marota referred us to a piece of software. What's it called again? The Levelator? Levelator. Yes. Levelator, which is supposed to help fix audio, like for, especially for podcasts when you get people's voices coming in at different volumes. So Nick had suggested this program called the Levelator. David Ladd used the Levelator to fix the audio in this old cassette tape, and we're going to hopefully use the Levelator to maybe go back and fix some episodes where people's microphone volumes were at all different levels. So hopefully we're going to um, enhance uh, some previous audio versions of the show to sound better. David Ladd's going to be working on that for us. And other than that, David, you want to talk about this um, this video and the whole kind of the whole history or whatever? Well, as far as the video itself, I don't know much on the history because this was before when I was a member of the club. Um, but our club member made a video. Um, I technically haven't watched it all the way through. <laughs> um, but he just explains how to connect to the club's BBS at that time, you know, and what it was like from the SysOps per perspective. Um but yeah, when he did the conversion from VHS to DVD, there was a lot of static. Hmm. So I had to use Audacity to clean clean that up. But it was like um, trying to get the audio leveled out because some parts he was quiet and some points he was loud. Ah, okay. Okay. It was so. This is yeah. this is this is the club that you are currently a member of. Yes, the club used to be called the Metro Area Color Computer Club, as you see on your paused screen, but mm -hmm. now it's called the Metro Area Personal Computer Club, because now we've just made it to where we're just, we take everybody. 
cool. So you've done some audio restoration and some audio balancing and tuning on this to make it sound more levelator-ish and um, <laughs> and stuff. And then it's been reposted. And it used to be yeah. the impersonal club too. Yeah, the, the impersonal club. Well, it's personal now, right? Yes. Uh, the Bruce has joined us. Welcome to Bruce. I've been saving your video yeah. for when you got here. Um, so okay. this is kind of another gem that we've found. Um, uh, just a peek into the past, kind of like the Delphi archive. And this is a surprisingly well done video for just being recorded off of like a VHS camera. So we'll take a look at some of this. Now, is this guy still in your club now? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you still know this guy. So this yes. was him from nearly 40 years ago. Yes. Yeah, this this is uh, from November of 1986. I actually did watch it all the way through. So, listen to that music. It's like a Walt Disney production. This is like Sunday night ABC Family. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all done on the Coco. Look at this Metro Area Color Computer Club BBS. How do you like those apples, huh? When does Bambi run across the screen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Joe Cavallaro, as most of you know. Uh, I just want to take this opportunity with this little video production to introduce you to our bulletin board setup. For those of you that have been calling the board, I'd just like to have you be able to see how the equipment is set up and what it's like on the sysop end. So this audio has been improved operator. by David. And for those I'm going to fast forward to seeing the software set this up. This is the unit that we'll be contacting the board with. To the left of the green screen monitor. Look at this setup here, right? He's got the Coco. He's got his double floppy drives here. His joysticks. got modems and phones. I mean, this is a pretty impressive. you got your uh, uh, floppy disk files here. This is a pretty impressive for back in the day, right? Yeah, VIP library running on his Coco. VIP library running in there, which I got some good close-ups of. see the telephone, and right below the phone, So what I was really impressed with is the actual quality of this, because he was literally just pointing a camera at a computer screen, and it's surprisingly clear for what it is, you know? And so this is kind of low-tech, but pretty high-tech for its time, and this video, I think, is a real hidden gem as far as just well, looking into our past, you know? Well, just to give you some feedback on Joe, he had his own, um, God, I'm trying to think of the proper term. He had his own dark room. So okay. he was a photographer. A photographer, so, okay. So he had the stuff to, like, um, actually put, like, the proper um, boxes or the, whatever they cover, like, a TV so that way you could use an actual camera. Okay, like, yeah. Of a TV to get rid of the glare and all that stuff. So a he filter. had that stuff. Well, the other problem is the um, that TV would be, right, 60 hertz, right? Well, but this is an analog camera, like a VHS-style camera, VHS. too. So the camera frame rate would have been the same as the as the TV. Well, Ray, I guess that's what I was going to say. That yeah. The modern, yeah, the modern no, cameras always have the problem, right? Right, because so the shutter speed old, is different than the right. refresh rate, yeah. Right, this is old tech enough that, that yeah. it kind of works. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a technique I've been wanting to try 
to because I because when I do videos, instead of just running it through a capture device, I would love to have a camera pointed at a screen so you get to see the anomalies of the of the CRT and stuff. But it's that whole refresh rate. So I've actually been looking at Goodwills and stuff to find an old VHS camera that I could use there where the the screens would be in sync. You know. Um, um, another thing that you could do, Stevie, for that particular setup, um, you could also look for some old composite security cameras ah. color because um you know if you think about it com- most of the security cameras from that time frame that were composite yeah that's that might yeah that's still the same 30 frames per second yeah effective um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so look at this but, well we've reached the board vip terminal connecting to your club bulletin board how cool is that right this is like rick adams simulation this is what it was really like this, is, how, real. this, is, this is real this is real bot. welcome to the metro air color computer club m-a-c-c-c this board is financed by the members of the metro yeah because you got to figure this is a cost phone line somebody had to pay for a phone line and a dedicated computer and electricity and everything else to run a bbs uh, i can talk to sysop yeah so, yeah. uh, and the uh, Cobb's BBS system they use as a base for this is that was actually a uh, one that was uh, the guy Richard Duncan I think was the guy's name that wrote it. He uh, released it publicly for a couple of years and then it ended up being published in Rainbow. So they actually gave you the source code over multiple issues because there was machine language drivers with zero port and then all the message boards and everything else. Yeah. But basically, if you typed it all in over the course of several months of Rainbow, you could actually run this BBS at home. Wow. Uh, and when you look at this, I mean, the text is all nice and formatted, like marquees and headers and banners and stuff. Everything is centered and and offset nice. So a lot of a lot of attention went into the formatting of this to make it look really good. You know, yeah, uh, and that was built into to Cobbs itself. Actually, some of that stuff. Okay. So a lot of text on here. I mean, if you're into reading, which I'm not, <laughs> right? So it's a lot of stuff going on here. And then you're getting into your board. And so what is this? This is a read message. Oh, so general message area, read messages, change menu, goodbye, log off. So, um, Yeah, the way Cobbs worked, when you first logged in, you could change this as a default. But basically, you would get very limited access when you okay. first logged in. Because this is up, I had no idea who you were, if you were a troll or yeah, 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 whatever yeah. else. So, man, you troll wasn't even a term back then for this. But uh, you, the sysop would eventually approve you. You might have to phone you and talk to you for a bit or whatever, and then yeah. you would get full access to the board. Neat, neat. Yeah, so here's some, me- here's some messages on here. Yeah, so this is another just great slice of history. And the quality is pretty good. The, the video quality is good. And now, thanks to David Ladd, the audio quality is good, too. And so this is a 40-minute video on not only how to connect to the BBS, but then a complete walkthrough of all the features and stuff and the content on this BBS. So if you really want to know what it was like to be on a BBS back in the day, uh, this video is now public and available. And this guy's still in your club, huh? Yes. Dave? That's cool. Tell him that we, that we showed off his video today on Coco Talk, and maybe he'll want to watch it. Maybe you can get him on. Would he, would he come on sometime and talk to us? Um, Curtis actually wanted, wanted me to see if I could get him on for an interview, but he just kind of ignored those questions. So probably not. Well, it'd be a little bit more persuasive. We'll send Ron in, Ron Delvo over there to have lunch with him. Maybe that'll work. So <laughs> does he live out here? No, he's somewhere. He's near you, right, David? Yes. What so. city? What city? Council Bluffs. All right. Well, we, with, on the Coco Talk budget, we will do that. Well, I'll talk to accounting. And I'll have the I'll have the flights arranged for Ron. Ron, you fly first class, right? And only five star oh, hotels. 
right? Yeah. So we'll get we'll, a private Learjet. <laughs> get yeah. a private jet. Come pick up Ron. Ron will go make him an offer he can't refuse. And we'll yeah, get it. I mean, actually, on a Cocoa Talk budget, Ron, we're going to send you a skateboard <laughs> and, a and a $5 ukulele. So <laughs> we'll have lunch with them. We'll talk. And we'll get you a Wendy, uh, a $5 gift card to Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a medium, when, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, a drink there? Um, uh, the Frosty or whatever? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Five bucks. It's yeah. It's not Chick-fil-A or Popeye's. No, none of that fancy stuff, right? So, no. Uh, <laughs> There's a mature going on between them. We're going to blow, blow the budget with that, Nick. Oh, yeah. So this is Mr. Roboto. I think he posted this on Facebook, too. So he's working on a game for the Coco 1, 2, and 3. Uh, so this is in basic. And I think this is working on tiles. And he's using an outdated version of VCC. Shame on you. Um <laughs> But look how quickly it's loading these tiles. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, I believe this is Ben Jimenez. Okay. Because he's actually posted on Facebook yeah. a further version of this as well. So this so. looks similar to uh, Paul uh, Shoemaker's game, right? Similar to uh, the black and white, the whole nine yards. And so, uh, but what it's looking like here is just kind of showing how fast he can load these tiles and on this page. I'm not sure if we get into any more, anything yeah, more. Yeah, in pure basic, no assembly. Like I know Paul used some assembly routines to do his little pop-ups and. Yeah. So yeah, this is all in basic, just loading up different tiles for the game, so you can see your different symbols and your keys and different types of structures. So you know different floor patterns and wall patterns and things like that. So that's cool. So this would be another one of these type of top-down dungeon exploring games, similar to the one that Paul Shoemaker had made recently. Um, I, I like these kind of games. These are really cool looking. So, um, yeah, cool stuff. And I think there's a slightly different version of it in the Facebook group that was posted recently too. So cool stuff, more, more content. And then we've kind of saved the best for last because now Bruce Moore is here. Bruce, are you with us? The Bruce? Yeah, let me just get Jacob. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Our foreign correspondent. Hi, Jacob. The Bruce. Here he comes. Hey, Jacob. Jacob. Hello. We're on a little adventure recently, and we got a video to prove it. Yeah, so I, I mistakenly just assumed that you were um, d in Canada. When you said uh, I brought back some video from a Radio Shack, I just assumed it was a Canadian Radio Shack, but you corrected me on that. And I, So this is in North Dakota? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and it, we were coming back. We were coming back from a trip, and we looked up on RadioShack.com, and we saw there was a place that we were passing nearby, and we figured we just had to stop at RadioShack. Okay. Cool. Anything else you need to say other than that, or we're just going to let the video oh, just play? Run it. Just run it. Just yeah. let the video play. All right. So yeah. here we go. Here's Bruce and Jacob Moore in RadioShack. I recognize that theme music. How does it feel? So here we are in Fergus Falls. At Radio Shack. Nice. Hey, Jacob, we got to get something here, aren't we? Definitely. Look at all this awesome stuff. So what are you looking for? Any Rampage cartridges? <laughs> um, what do we got? Probably some alligator clips. You definitely want some alligator clips, right? Yeah, probably some of these. Okay. In case you're running into any alligators that require clipping. Hobby stuff, eh? Mm -hmm. Oh, do you need any LEDs? Where, where are you at with LEDs? Actually, I don't really have any. <laughs> what? That would be nice. 
You don't yeah. have LEDs. No, not really. Or diodes? No, we got no. those. Audio connectors. Wow. We got all sorts of switches if you check beautiful. the switches out. Goodness. Yeah. You need an audio connector, just go get it. Yeah. After he buys all this stuff, he didn't tell him to go put it back, did you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, is this where the switcheroo gets well, its switches from? Out, I'm going to wander over here. Uh-oh. Ooh. Breadboard. Oh, man. I want to get some of this stuff. I used to have this stuff. Got some thick... I see extractor. You can use that to get your gimme out. That's a good gimme puller right there. I need to pull chips out of my cocoa successfully. Is this the one? That's a gimme puller. I think I got to get this one. Yeah, I think I got to get this. Okay, here we go. Some project enclosures here. Battery holders. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, I see sockets. Now, what what sockets do I need? To That's do my upgrade on my D board. Is it these guys? 14 pin low profile. See, you know what? I That's not for a CPU. That might be for RAM. Because that would be awesome. Yeah, RAM. RAM upgrade I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And we got some entry. Now, we got any D. We got some heat gun. We got some solder tools. Oh! <gasps> The solder sucker. <laughs> well, that's for clearing out old solder. So it's that or the de. This looks like a. This it's looks that or the desolder braid. Desoldering iron. Ooh, ooh. Well, it's both. Yeah. It's both. So. That's a. That's a. I think I gotta get a solder sucker. Yeah. Yeah, because even if it doesn't work that well, it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun because I had one. Uh, I don't say. need some stuff to uh, put on to suck up the. Or no, no, we don't. No, that's that. that's what we'll use this for. No, we still yeah. got some solder at home, so we don't need this stuff yet. But oh my god, yeah, we got we got the crimping tools. Yeah. Water resistant LED strip. Mm, okay. Cool. And of course, we've got a uh, we got a Raspberry Pi four at home that we just got, which we're not sure what to do yet with. Ooh, L wire by L well, Curtis Boyle. <laughs> this is sweet. here. You hang on to this stuff, okay? Sure. Okay, this is great. Is that an XLR audio cable in there too? Okay, go so, make the purchase. You want to take over the camera here, or is there something else you're, you're interested oh, I'm not in here? Done here yeah, Jake is not oh, done. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, I've got some stuff to get. Okay, more yeah. stuff to get. Where all the where all the good stuff is in the drawers. Yeah. All oh, right, you're getting the alligator clips, right? Yeah. Do I want okay. The which? which? Do I want the covered ones, which are less, or do I want the not covered ones that are more? That, like, well, more, for content. Yeah, like there are more alligator clips here, but there are, but these ones. Are well, more. how many do you think you need? Not that many. Well, then I think maybe I could just let's, go with let's this. go for those ones. It's a little easier to keep track of them by color, right? Eh? Yeah. Insulated too. Sweet. And I'm gonna need some LEDs for sure. How do you know they're not crocodile chips? <laughs> but they're all these different colored ones, eh? Will they see you later or in a while? Shack and Furtis Falls. Well, we're exactly live. <laughs> well, we're live anyway. Yeah. Ooh, that's nice. 
Ooh, that's sweet. Yeah. I think that we should get yeah. that. Cool LEDs. So yeah. we're, we're, you didn't get you didn't get anybody come over and talk to you. Coco like, talk. Uh, can I help you? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you can tell if it's an alligator clip or not as if uh, Steve Irwin comes out and says, Crikey! Look at the size of that clip. Yeah, so the merchandise looks pretty new, like the one here in Keller. Yeah. We're geeking out here. Awesome. We're buying stuff. Of course you We got a solder sucker. Yeah. Like a what? This. The solder sucker. I had one of those. Okay. okay. And I'm getting. Is that Mrs. Moore talking? Get clips and some LEDs. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, we're all set. Exactly. And you know what? Just this is recording, by the way. Buy everything you need. <laughs> Add a few bit of what you want. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was the attendant well, that was helping you. Batteries here. No, that's the wife. That's the hey, wife. You, uh, okay. Do you, honor, so. do you honor if I've got my battery the month club from 50 years ago? <laughs> would, you, would you honor that? Only if you get the uh, quadruple A's. Quadruple A's. Quadruple A's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly battery month club. Good answer. Card is long gone. <laughs> but let's go see. Yeah, I got some batteries. Joe sent me some batteries too with my shirts. Yeah. I got some new Radio Shack batteries. I have no idea. We gotta get some Radio Shack batteries. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Never yeah. heard of a Yeah, I'll never yeah, open them either. Is it this one? No. These are triple A. Oh, look at that. There is a quadruple A. Oh, that's my what goodness. I'm saying. What use is a quadruple A? Oh, what is a quadruple A? Oh, man. I never heard of that. Why would you even put that? Oh, here it is. Laser pointers, glucose meters, small headphone amplifiers. Huh. Well, I can't Laser see. Laser pointers. See. Uh, we don't have anything I thought he was so kidding when he said oh, quadruple A. Usually, yeah. usually you need double A's. Size so right? C yeah, isn't common anymore. Okay. Oh, we don't need to pack that. Oh, C's and D's were like, like big ghetto blasters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> flashlights. Well, yeah. Four double there A's. There you go. Now, if I only have my Battery of the Month club card, you said you'd honor it for... Yeah, for quadruple A's. For the quadruple A's. Where are they? <laughs> Hope you tried it out. Nope, that's triple A. Yeah, I gotta work this camera better. There we go. Okay, okay, so you take that. They have car batteries there. Like at the other one. Oh, Al Hartman says he's got a Bluetooth headset that uses quadruple A's. I had never heard of that hmm? before. I hadn't either. What? Okay. <laughs> You guys keep buying stuff. You have to go to the. Uh, you have to go to their. The, the, get a new City Line credit card pretty soon. Finance department. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got otter boxes and phone cases is, uh, and stuff. Checking if the liquor store is open. <laughs> did you Did you get permission to have him shown too? Did he sign yeah, a, a release? Free, so. Yeah. Yeah. We're just we're on we're on our way back to Canada yeah, I was here. Just calling to verify if you were open today. Oh, what so else I got back awesome. here? Thank you very much. So there you go. Super, super. You guys find get a hairnet? I think so. so are you Cameron? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, Cameron. Yes, sir. Awesome. I've got some good friends who are all Radio Shack fans. And so we're just on our way home, and we saw that there was a Radio Shack Radio, here. So right, we're coming right, right. through. So, yeah, it's, technically we're design electronics. Yes. Uh, with the whole Radio Shack kind of going away in 2050. They're still kind of there, though. So we still get parts from Radio Shack. Um, they're kind of in a lull right now where they're trying to get some things started up, sorted out. It sounds like they are still opening some new stores, but it's it's a cool place. Yeah, well, we just, I guess they just had an opening in Texas, I guess, of a place there. And uh, one of the guys from our club, 
was down there, and he, he showed up and at the opening and all that. And I, I love Rakeshek. I got a feeling that you're probably the same way. It was part of growing up. Exactly. Where are you from? Uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Oh, Winnipeg, right? Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So, so okay, uh, as someone who grew up in the States, I guess I don't know, did you grow up with a, a mall with a Radio Shack in it then? Well, it wasn't a mall, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but, but yeah, there was a Radio Shack down the street. And the main on the main street, and we'd pop in there, and there'd be the, there'd be I think a model, would have been a model one, uh, computer there, that we could, uh, after school we could use if we wanted, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we had started a computer club, and we bought a Tandy color computer. Oh yeah. And then we had the hosted that in the library, and then. Uh, yeah, things just kind of went from there, basically. So we had a, a club running there for a good a good number of years, actually. And then, uh, you know, we got one of our own at home, and then now I'm in computers. <laughs> and now we've got a, we've got, there's a color computer uh, club, you know, that that uh, that meets, uh, has a, still has a yearly annual get-together. And, of course, we connect through a Facebook group and all these other things. And That's so. awesome. So yeah, so yeah, we just had that tour of the uh, the one in Dallas or just outside of Dallas a little while ago, and uh, it inspired us. Here's Jacob checking out the, more of the gear. <laughs> he has, he's not done shopping what, yet. Something else you think we need? Oh, there's the hurricane. Okay. That was the hurricane. I just dodged. Okay. We're, gonna, we're gonna grab some switches. Yeah. And we're gonna come make a purchase. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool. Okay, here's four. That's not bad. Now see, now these are these are different kinds of switches. There's like yeah. light switches, momentary switches, yeah. where you just and they let mm -hmm. go right away. Yeah, I think honestly, I think I want some like like some switcheroo uh, switches. Toggle. Yeah. Well, these are okay. Well, these are automotive. These are big suckers. Isn't that really the magic? There, that was, there were some flip switches back here. All the components. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of impulse buys, you know. Single pull, single throw, single pull, double throw, double pull, double throw. It sounds like a wrestling like move. Two-way switches you can make, you know? Yeah. Or single switches. I don't know. This, this is neat. Does, it has, does it sound? It has several. Does he wind up taking oh, yeah. the drawer? Oh, yeah. switch them I think I have <laughs> Which one's that? The DP. Is that the DP? Uh, the heavy duty DP. DP double pull, double throw switch. Yeah, okay. I think that's what I'm going to get. Okay. Okay. Go big or go home, man. You got it all? Okay, let's do it. That'll be nine hundred dollars American. <laughs> yeah, thirty-five years, maybe. Here, you work that. All right, gentlemen. He didn't ask you for your address at all. So how often do you get through this way? Well, not that often, but maybe more often. Maybe more often. Absolutely. We're here. Yeah. Is that, is that a Star Trek red shirt? Still <laughs> here. He's on an away team, yeah. RadioShack.com, store locator. And, and here we are. Yeah. Very nice. Did it show the other locations in the area? So we have... Well, over. Good. But, but yeah. Good. This, was, this was the closest on our route, so... I like it. Good. I like it. And, and you are a Cameron. That is me, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Totally. This is Cameron. Hi guys. <laughs> $33.19. Okay. Ah, not bad. 33 bucks. You got off cheap. I've spent more than that on lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
The old alligator clip on the tongue. It is a radio shack. Well, we're keeping that. That sounds good. That is a good sound. So yes. Probably could have gotten a few of those and sold them, Bruce. Card. Get the goods. He didn't have any of the shirts there. I'm sorry, your card didn't work. <laughs> they must have brought grand ladies. <laughs> Did you try to give the kid entire money, Bruce? Yeah, yeah that was it. Thank you so much, Gavin. Travel safe and grab the annual catalog. Yeah, yeah right. awesome. Okay, let's roll. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's so cool. Good job, Jacob. That was awesome. Radio was Shack forever. Awesome, Bruce. That was fantastic. Oh, man, that was good. That was really good. Um, at this point, I'm out of news. I think, Curtis, you might have had some more stuff to do. Maybe we'll take a break, and, Curtis, you got more stuff you want to talk about? I've covered a lot of them. But. Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Bruce. Let's see what's, what's in the bag. Uh, okay, this is, this is bag. So... <laughs> So this is the gimme puller you Yeah, were that's a gimme puller. Yeah. You get to get right. Some, it'll so get this, right in each corner of that gimme, yank it out of there. Right. So this this won't this is probably too big for the uh the memory chips then I'm guessing. Uh yeah, because that's not an IC puller. The IC puller's got I don't know, that would yeah, that work it's for memory? IC puller something like this. Yeah. Right. I needed to get both of those. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to go back. You have to go back. <laughs> oh darn, darn right. Oh, <laughs> There's his uh, multicolored LEDs. I didn't even see that. We can pull it up to the camera there. Got myself some LEDs. Those are the multicolored LEDs. Here's my favorite. The solder sucker. Yeah. Red-bellied yeah. solder sucker. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, oh, hey, when did this get in the bag? <laughs> what is that? Toggle switch. It's a big toggle switch. Okay. I remember you, you slipped that in when I wasn't looking. No. <laughs> I saw him pull it out of the drawer. Right, we got it oh, on did video. You? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Busted. Alligator clips. And of course yeah. we got our the batteries. Yeah. I've got I got a couple of packs that Joe Burnett sent me. I'm never gonna open them. They're like prized yeah. possessions now, my Radio Shack batteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh and then my the card from the guy. That's awesome. He was really so, cool too. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good guy. It was I'm glad he was willing to talk like that. So yeah. Anyway, there, there it was. There we go. Two different Radio Shack stores in like three weeks that we've brought to you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is totally awesome. Yeah, thank you. Tell him that he'd be on our show. <laughs> yeah. Tell him he'd be on our show. Uh, no. <laughs> well, you feel, if it, he'd watch. Is his email address on there? You can send him the link when the show's done, right? Oh, well, wait a second. That's a great idea. Let's uh, make it a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah, I totally got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, when so I when show it on there, but yeah, yeah when so, uh, when the when the replay is done, you can send them the link so he can watch it. Absolutely, I'll do that. Yeah, that sounds that's that'll be fun. Yeah, we're maybe I can even post it to the uh, to the Radio Shack uh, group, the main Radio Shack board too. Yeah, it's right around two hours or so is when that started. Two hours in. So. Right. Okay. Well, we'll um, do it with the, the we'll, timestamp. Yeah, we'll get the yeah. timestamp now. Cool stuff. Cool. Thank you guys for doing that. That was really that was cool. Awesome. Thanks, right. Jacob. Bonus content. Um. All right, so we'll take a commercial break. We'll come back. We might have some more news, and then we might have... Did you have a tech a segment bit. you wanted to go over, uh, Bruce, or anyone? Did anybody have something technical they want to talk about today? 
No, I'm good for now. All Bruce, right. did you figure out your your video thing? Because we're thinking maybe Nick could help answer that too, along with what William's oh, been saying in Discord. Well, yeah, you saw the kind of the, the Discord going on there. No, I haven't figured it all out yet, but we could talk about it. Okay. Fun. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a commercial. And how about we we got to get some cocoa dew and some Fletcher in this episode. It wouldn't be an episode without a cocoa dew a double double dose of cocoa dew and Fletcher commercials. So yes. we're gonna play these, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Thanks, guys. Hi, it's Chris Boyle, part of the uh, Cocoa Jack crew of people. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Noble, co-author of Nitrous Nine. You are listening to Cocoa Talk Live the leading live cocoa talk show. Good day, mates. This is Nick Marionettes, author of such color computer titles as Donut Disaster, Rupert Rhymes, and Rockstar Pilot. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous operating system, OS9. OS9 and its current incarnation, Nitrous 9, is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. I find OS 9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Waltzing Matilda. Using OS 9, I expect my next game Funstar will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS 9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games, and they're on sale. Get this six-game model for $29.95 or the four-game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash, and more. Easy to hook up and great family fun that lasts all year long. The sale price TV games. Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. This is Mark Overholder, and you're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in. Hey, come watch us and see what's happening in the world of Coco. Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex, we think it works, so will you. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. Hello, this is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? From the makers of the Switcheroo. Wallaby Cable, Color Computer 3 Dual RGB Cable. Get yours today at cocoman.biz. 
Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. Me now, me turn you to Cole, Cole Talk. And we're back. And <laughs> you know, with, with rising entertainment costs, Cocoa Talk is a great value. It's an incredible it's value. Incredible value. I just thought I would show off my batteries real quick. These are what Joe Burnett sent me. So I've got not one, but two packages. Now, now these are double A's, but if I put them together, this is like a quad A, right? This is a quadruple A, right? Um, Do you think it works that way? Does it way? work that way? And and the Texas Radio Shack's got a nice brown paper bag with the handles, right? Nice. So very cool, very luxury. So when I went to the Radio Shack in Ohio on the way back from Cocoa Fest last year, I just got one of those generic plastic thank you bags. So ah, didn't even I've say Radio Shack on it. No, it didn't. But um, I have another one about thirty miles away, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, I may have to venture out one day. I see. Yes, it's amazing how we're excited over Radio Shacks, but we are, right? So it's amazing how we can get excited over uh, rebranded AA batteries. Okay, we have a question in the live stream from Valentine's Tube. The question is, does this stream take questions? Well, that counts as one question. So you are, yeah, that's one question down. But you have one more. Come back so. next week. That's <laughs> where you went. <laughs> the, the answer to your question is yes, we take questions. Yes. And if your question yes, is, what, this show, what is this show about? That doesn't count, right? So, <laughs> 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 um, L. Curtis Boyle, do you want, you have some more news and fascinating things to share with us? Teeny bits. Yeah, I got four. One's an extension of the previous one, so I'm just going to change my order a little okay. bit. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm making the Zoom window right now full screen, so you're able to share when you are ready. Ernest Caring. Yes, Valentine's tube. I didn't know Valentine comes in a tube, but now we now we know. Um, oh my! Hey, you guys got the shared screen? We have the shared screen. Okay, so we showed the earlier video by Ben. Ben uh, showing his, you know, drawing and basic and stuff. And this is a bit more into the actual, uh, it's a later video basically showing. Yeah. Can you, um, can you, I know you don't get that ask this often, but can you make it bigger? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this Content is. rating just changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to after dark early. Um, <laughs> Afternoon dark. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's loading up different, like, the rooms and then populating the, the creatures and, co and objects in different locations. Yeah, just using get put, so they're just pure. Yeah, yeah not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I just noticed that cat has a very strange look on its face. <laughs> uh. that's, that's when he found out that the Radio Shack's reopening. Yeah, right. <laughs> No, okay. you can you can ask questions. Go ahead. Don't have to. Valentine's now getting upset with us. Don't, you don't have to apologize. You can ask us questions, by all means. <laughs> We're uh, just kidding. You yes. you can't ask questions. Yes. Feel free to ask away. Ask away. All right. Haunted house uh, with Jim Gary. Yep. Yeah, because we you know there's just not enough Jim Gary content nope. ever. Nope. Uh, 
So this one is a video of uh, him. It's a port of a haunted house adventure game from an old book called Write Your Own Adventure Games for Your Microcomputer. So it's it's a fairly simplistic one and obviously written, if you, you can tell by the descriptions and stuff, are very short that this was written probably for machines with like 8K, 16K back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't bother playing the video. It's a standard text adventure game, but it's, it's kind of a What will you do now? Does it handle swear words? I have no idea. Probably back if it's published in a book, probably not. Didn't we all try that? Yeah. Yes. You I mean, isn't it. one of the standard things you try? Yeah. Yeah. Some and of them. The some of them on my BBS. I actually did handle swear words, and it responded appropriately. Yeah. Infocom mm-hmm. did too, I believe. In Dallas Quest, I I wanted to. Well, forget it. Oh, hold on, some here's... of the Mark Data Products ones uh, actually did handle it too, but it would just say <laughs> stuff like, "You shouldn't be talking like that." And speaking of adventure games. Um, we were talking about our friend that has been doing all the walkthroughs of the Coco games, and this is the latest one she's done, which is the Pyramid of Doom adventure mm-hmm. game from Scott Adams Adventures. Um, she goes through the complete thing and, and you know, right to completion. After you uh, get out of the pyramid, you enter the forest, apparently. <laughs> forest of Doom? Yeah, <clears throat> it's right outside the pyramid, yeah. It's the, oh. the highway oh. of doom. Okay. It's <laughs> right, highway one. to the uh, Forest Doom. Now, this is a page I hadn't seen before, but it's it's a guy who's actually restoring uh, an MC10. Okay, can't imagine why anybody would want to, but. By the way, I'm seeing a red line, a couple of red lines yeah, on the screen. Yeah, I think David's been coloring on there. David's practicing with his crayon <laughs> Move scales. Move the crayons. Yeah. Those kids. Can you guys hear that? Or is that too soft? Ah, it's a little low, but that's probably okay. But uh, that's up to you, Kurt. There you go. Well, if the guy says the computer's older than him, I don't want to hear what he has to say. He just busted <laughs> the label, man. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, warranty. And you can see this one was pretty dirty. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> Looks like Coco can't win in there. <laughs> Somebody used it. <laughs> this reminds me of Simon's ant-infested C64, I think, actually. <laughs> That's someone's tooth? Interesting ribbon cables there. <laughs> somebody's, to- somebody's lost a tooth on this thing. Eventually... <laughs> I Don't chew on your MC10. Here he does an actual cleaning. He actually does retrobrite it too, somewhat, though he's admitted that he didn't have enough sunny daytime to properly do it. But it did improve it somewhat. Okay. I'm hoping all his music is copyright free. I gave it a shot. I have no idea. Yeah. That's what. Somebody clear the schmaltz off the screen there. Ultimately, didn't help. I noticed. Yeah, David, can you take that crap off? Get rid of your crayon marks, there, David. It's amazing he's doing all this to hold the door open. I know, right? <laughs> Can't tell you how many times my UPS battery's gone off on this show. Here's delayed yeah. reaction, Florian. We love MC marks. I haven't put any marks down. Hoping to get one. There's two still on here. I don't even know how you do that. I don't either. Uh, I was in Conan. <clears throat> Those are... You can see there's some, like leaking on the board and stuff here, even for the keyboard. So oh, wow. Damaged one. That's the first time I actually I've seen the MC10 keyboard taken apart. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if uh, Ed Snyder's going to make one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Now it's like a puzzle. 
<laughs> Not we put it back together. I don't have the picture on the box. <laughs> and of course, you can see all the silk screen, you know, keywords that you could do with the function key to you know, type your basic program slightly faster. Yeah, yeah. Which really helped because that keyboard was terrible. Wow, this is this is doing some serious. Oh, so this like is the uh, retro right. Yeah. It looks like a mechanical keyboard, sort of. So Welcome to Paint Saran Wrap. Yeah. They make some happy clouds over here. Some real happy clouds. Then you wrap it up <laughs> in the body bag. I mean, the, the uh, RetroBright stuff. And, uh, He's not going to have any color left on his logos. It's really yeah. like a woman's getting a perm. Or did yeah. he cover him? He, he covered oh, he him covered with him. some painter's tape, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, at the very end here, even with the keys in there, he did get a little bit of damage on the labels, I think, after the retrobrite. Yeah, you can see it kind of got a bit surprise, surprise. But it's improved, and he said he didn't leave it long enough, and he might, in the future, put it back in. Okay, yeah, it's definitely lighter color. Retrobriding didn't yeah. work as well as it would have if we had had more sun here in Kentucky today. So he's from Kentucky, I can tell you. Kentucky. And uh, if you like. Anyway, I mean, that's uh, it's a that's pretty interesting cool. one. It's, yeah, I've never seen the. I've never seen the inside of the keyboard before. I've seen the the circuit boards, but I've never seen the keyboard inside before. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> Tim Franklin says, "Listen to you guys watch videos is like watching Mystery Science Theater 3000." <laughs> <laughs> I view that as a compliment. Yeah, right. So, and then the last one, well, playing its entirety. And that's because Nick's uh, actual web page is down for his blog, but the video blog on YouTube portion of it is actually still up. Russian hackers. Yeah. We love you, or Russia. Some of, competition. some of the competition, maybe. You'll have to let me know what the loudness is, because, of course, I'm hearing it totally different than you guys are. Yeah. This sounds good. Volume's good yeah. on my end. Maximize it. Welcome, everyone, to Chapter 20 of my Gunstar video blog titled... The Weaponizer. Right. Crikey. Okay, and for this chapter, I have uh, got Chris Hedges here from last month's uh, video blog doing a repeat appearance <laughs> for us, an encore appearance. So here we are. G'day, Chris. G'day, Nick. How yeah. are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, okay, I guess uh, this will be a, a short video. Uh, just to explain the uh, latest uh, updates I've done to Gunstar before I get into the level three um, design. Okay, the first the first main addition I've added to the uh, the game itself is uh, what I call the weaponizer, uh, and what that is is um, it's a device that you can uh, collect in your journey to upgrade your weapons now when you start the game uh, you have single shots but you can fire three of those at a time if you collect the weaponizer it lets you upgrade it to a double shot two shots at a time but and at three sets of those shots okay. and then another upgrade is to go back to single shot but where it allows you to have six shots uh, the best one is that one because you can send out a whole spray of missiles. It's it's really good. This weaponizer allows you to select the different weapons, and the weaponizer is an object that looks basically it doesn't it's, know it's what a he's red orb or a little hmm. spherical ball shaped thing. <laughs> spherical uh, ball shaped thing. 
If you shoot we get it, some it titles. blows up. And you don't get the weapons upgrade, Wait, but it knocks I thought back this was a womanizer. It's like it's like a penalty. I, my my uh, reasoning is that when you blow it up, it sends out a big shock wave that disrupts your uh, weapons and knocks them back. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the story I'm I'm running with. Um, <laughs> yeah, so another weaponizer to upgrade it again. So I've added that in there. It seems to be working okay. It looks pretty good on the screen. Smooth, smooth scrolling, man. Looks really I've nice. Done also in this chapter. And your shadow looks good on the ship I've too. I've added the uh, a game pause. Yeah, I've added the shadow on this and one, yeah. a game abort. So if you need to just pause the game, you press the P key on the keyboard, and the game pauses. Any button makes it start again. And also a game abort. So if you want to. Should uh, make the uh, the, the game, key for hold the break key down. Ah, uh, I was gonna say you should make it R for rage quit. That's for Stevie rage quit. <laughs> that, that's the power switch. You've already got that button. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's a nice pause. title screen too. Something's hung. Yeah, I just paused for some random reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so the uh, engine, I. Am using in Gunstar was based on a game I created back in 1984 uh, for the TRS-80 Model 1 called Escape Zone. Um, Escape Zone was also what well, was my first attempt at a vertical shooter. Is this and actually playing the video now? I think it's had, paused. Uh, that gave me the flexibility to have okay graphics. Really Curtis is sharing the screen here, so it's all his fault. If it's not working. Damn, Max. Bring your window to, to the front. Shining. Why is it saying it's showing fine here? What the heck? Ah, there you there go. We go. Damn, Max. Yeah. Uh, special effects. No, it's something about the ma uh, the, the Max. When I maximize the screen in, in YouTube, it's only put the thing on pause. So mm. When I started doing Gunstar, I was trying to think of an engine that would give me those features and then I remembered I already done this before <laughs> so I had a look at my uh, old game and uh, I was pretty impressed with what I had done Nightmare way back Highway. in Nightmare <laughs> Highway. So this didn't have the womanizer on. Um, no. Is this the waterfall engine? Got color graphics as well <laughs> for the video display so it was a bit more um, burden on the CPU to do. I'm just wondering why you bothered to use high res for the stars, but you use this blocky low res crap for all the other shit. <laughs> that's the mixed graph. Oh, that's a cool explosion there. Gunstar! Gunstar! <laughs> Don't stop the video. Oh, oh, you should have kept it going. There's a little. Uh, oh, a little uh, Easter egg. A little bonus. bonus. Well, I'm down under background. Back Post-credit scene. Post-credits, like a Marvel movie. Okay, let me share my screen again. Are we? Are we ha is Mick Fury going to show up? <laughs> Say well, what when again? We when we finished recording, we kept talking. Ah, you got the screen again? Yeah, we got it. Yep. yep. So we're going to talk about now. <laughs> bloopers, right? What we talk about how handsome I am? <laughs> I'm sure we'll come up at some point. <laughs> uh, no. No? Oh. 
That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we had a a thank you, Curtis, and thank you, Nick. Did you have more to show off, Curtis? Nope. That was the end of my news. Okay. Uh, With the gun actually, uh, the level three graphics is done. I've actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just about ready to start the next blog. Actually. Oh, cool. Uh, Level level three is uh, pretty well complete. And it looks uh, better than level ones and two, even. So, mm, you want to show us a, a sneak peek or no? Is it ready to show? Probably or? not. I'm trying to think that maybe I shouldn't show so much video of the uh, the game. Of the levels, anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah, I might show little snippets, but uh, I won't go into so much detail to leave people who may end up buying the game to give them a bit of a surprise when they play it. Absolutely. The only way I'll see them. Nick, if you just release it like in January, it'll be so long people forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least I would. <laughs> and we had, so the question we had from Valentine's Tube is, I said, um, they said, I am making a handheld console with the Hitachi 6309 in it. Would owning a Coco 3 with that processor in it be a good development platform? I mean, to say, yes, yeah, so designing. So would owning a Coco 3 with the 6309 be a good development platform for designing a handheld platform on a 6309? Well, it would allow you to test some of the 6309 code on it. I mean, obviously, the graphics and sound, I'm, I'm guessing, would be quite different on the handheld console. But for you know developing core routines and testing it, or even cross-assembling between the two, uh, yeah, it should it yeah. should be a help, I would think. There you go. So, yeah, th- I mean, that, that would be a physical machine that you could run the 6309 on. Um, you also need to be aware that if it's a Coco 3, in order for you to put a 6309 in there, you would need to desolder the CPU um, because that CPU is not socketed. So you'd have to desolder the CPU, put in a socket, and then put in the 6309. So it might be easier to take a Coco 1 or 2 and put a 6309 in there because that's already socketed. Um, or use an emulator. Or an, emu- or an emulator, yeah. Like along, along the lines of the development, um, I don't know if it's news-related, I threw something into the chat. It's an eBay posting. Okay. I thought maybe it might be kind of interesting. I'd, I've never seen something like this before. I was kind of curious if anybody else had seen this. Okay, Valentine's Tube says, not a problem to solder it. Okay, so let's take a look at this. This is a rare TRS-80 interface box, Tycon Blackbird Group, something used for prototyping. It's supposed, that, that, that cable is supposed to plug into the, I believe, the cartridge port okay. of the Coco. I don't know. Has anybody seen something like this before? Or, or well, it just it says or? TRS-80, so it could even be for one of the Z-80 systems. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't I know just what saw that this ca- I saw that cable there, and it looked like it, would, it had like an edge. There's another... There's another uh, picture that looks like it's almost like an edge connector okay like like would be for a cartridge yeah it's definitely for the older tier cities because it actually has a uh, copyright 1979 that's before the coco even came out ah, okay. okay 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 i didn't pick up on that little piece there so okay EL instruments incorporated so but it still looks like it's some type of prototype board right because this is like a breadboard here um expansion interface or? it's definitely interesting looking. Yeah. it's Interesting price too. Uh, I didn't see that. I'm gonna go back and take a look at that. Three hundred and fifty dollars. Ouch! I mean, it's it's really clean. It's pristine, and this is probably a, a really uncommon item. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Three fifty, huh? Price condition excellent. See, right there. 
That means get, the smoke hasn't come out. Yeah, of we it. need we need Bill and Ted to an, to answer this one. What <laughs> what condition is this one in? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Leave it to Brian Weasler to find cool stuff on eBay, right? So, um, neat. Yeah. I wonder if the trash talkers have seen that. Maybe somebody should post a link to that in in, in their group so they can see it. Um. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Well, we have covered a lot of news. We are now into two and a half hours. So we we have been cutting the corners on news for a couple of weeks because the shows have gone long. And we've had a lot of good content, and you know, you don't you know you don't you don't want to let a good segment you don't want to cut it off, right? So we've had some good segments, some good discussions, but we we kind of cut some corners on news. So I think we did a good job on catching up on news and and being pretty full spectrum, right? We've covered some Dragon stuff, some MC-10 stuff, some Coco stuff, some Radio Shack stuff, even a TRS-80 thingy here. Uh, cool, 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 cool. We did not do anything now with project updates and acquisitions. And then, Bruce, was there something that you did want to talk about? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, well, yeah, Curtis's prompting. Um, uh, this would be a more of a tech thing, although I could demonstrate what I've been working on. That might be interesting. Okay. You want to go ahead and do that? Uh, yeah. So I've been working on using uh, CBASIC as sort of my my platform, I guess, for supposedly rapid development, although <laughs> it's not particularly rapid. Uh, I keep bumping up into things and strange things that CBASIC does. And, and it's <clears throat> when it doesn't do what I want, then I'm forced to learn more about uh, the uh, the architecture of the Coco three and and assembly language that I'm particularly <laughs> I'm particularly interested in learning, but it's it's been fun and I do have some stuff. Uh, I have gotten some good results, but I'm bumping up into uh, running out of memory. Okay. And, um, because I need to use a lot of graphics memory for what I'm doing, and um, the uh, the C basic like whenever you you know compile something. Um, you're not writing straight to the metal, then of course there's a bit of bloat that happens. Right? Sure, sure. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I discovered I got something. I got something working, uh, a, a significant portion of, of of my program, and I want to put in another portion. So I've got the navigation portion moving around, and I want to get the combat portion in, but I uh, I run out of memory. So I'm trying to figure out if there's someplace else I can map this memory to, and um, uh, so there's been. I've been discussing through the Discord channel, on the Assembly Discord channel, um, mostly with uh, William Astle, trying to figure out if this is even possible. And uh, when the Coco 3 of mapping P mode 4 graphics into a different place, and it felt like kind of chasing my tail there for a little while. Um, what we've come down to is that uh, uh, because I'm using the basic ROMs, I probably would have to tell basic to look elsewhere, because uh, there's a place, place where it normally looks. And I might have to tell BASIC that, well, you're gonna have to look somewhere else. So I was just looking up variables in the, uh, what is that called, the- uh, Unraveled? Unraveled? Yeah, the Unraveled, yeah, the Unraveled. And I found extended BASIC variables, I just found some, and there's like uh, start of current graphic page, start of graphic page RAM. So, I mean, there might be, that might help me to be able to keep using the yeah. ROMs. You just have to make sure that you also patch the pclear part so it reserves that memory so it doesn't try to overwrite it if you've moved your graphics page 
away from the normal spots. Then you have to protect your basic program itself or your assembly program in this case, since it's compiled. Patch P clear or just not use it? Well, or, or, or over P clear or something like that so that it reserves enough memory down there so that you've, you're, you're making sure it's safe. It, yeah. it depends. It depends on where you're mapping it and stuff too. Like if you're mapping it up higher, maybe that's maybe you peak it lower so you can free up some room for your program. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem, right? Because I've 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 had to save eight P clear pages, and then I've got the program and the variables, and I found I just ran out. I ran out of space. But um, I can share. Uh, I can show you a bit of my development environment and actually run what what I do have running now. If you if you want to see it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Would that be good? Okay. So mm -hmm. let me. Uh, now I'm on a Mac too, so I don't know how my sharing is going to work here. So let's oh, sub, yeah, subpar. No, it'll um, be extremely subpar. It, it'll here. work absolutely fantastic as long as you don't try to run stupid YouTube through it. Now I spool, share. If I do share computer sound, does that turn my microphone off or am I still? No, no. no your, still, mic, your mic stays on. It just shares the sound from your Mac as well. Uh, okay, because there is some sound here that might be uh, worth hearing. Um, okay, how are we doing here? Yep, I see. Your we see code. something. See source code. Okay, you see something. So this is the Phoenix IDE, and you'll see this is where I got some assembly code. And I don't know if you notice this, but I'm. Can you read that blast copy? L Curtis Boyle. Yeah, that's the safe blast copy. It's not the fastest, but it doesn't screw up interrupts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's the safe one. So, so I've got you know, and I'm I'm making sure I'm documenting the code I'm getting from people because Curtis has provided this code for me and. Uh, I've got some code from Steve uh, Bjork on um, P modes and that in there. So, so I've got a whole bunch of, so I've got a whole whack of assembly code here. So this is, oh, oh here, this is, uh, so all these, this arcane stuff here, this is actually bitmap. So this, so what do you, what do you call this? Is it like compiled sprite? It's not really a sprite, but it's, I'm drawing directly on the screen. Yeah, that's the raw pixel data. It's a P mode four game or? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, P14. So there's so the zeros, zeros a black a, dot a and the ones a white right, dot. Right, right, right. And I figured, you know, because it was a small little graphic, I could actually just draw it right on the screen. And so it's, it's pretty quick that way. So that's a bunch of the assembly language stuff. And I've got this. This is a code from Simon Jonasson. It's a music player. So I've got some of his code in here for playing some music. This is the, um, uh, how has it been phrased? The, uh, the buzzy, battling, fighting robot type type music <laughs> I was put and then uh, and then the actual now this might look a little more uh, I don't know how well that's coming through there but this is you know standard kind of basic code here um, so I like that you actually have a cocoa font for most of that yeah, that's right I chose I wanted I wanted it to feel like I was in a, a, a cocoa still working in a cocoa yeah so just not enough green no, yeah just... yeah the codes basically <laughs> that it, like there's something here like this is depoke instead of regular pokes is a double poke, so it'll do two bytes. Yeah. So uh, I'm able to, to so that, that saves me a little bit there. So uh, so I got all this code here, and it's, you know, I got a nice instruction. It doesn't look that big, but it, it compiles a little big. So anyway, why don't I just fire this up? So I'm going to uh, press the go button. What it does is it, um, it runs a, uh, well, first thing it does is the Phoenix IDE will compile um, the assembly code. And once it's compiled, it will copy it onto a virtual disk. That's all that it, and then, it'll, then it's done, except I told it to run a batch file. So the batch file fires up MAME, uh, loads up that disk, fires up CBASIC, compiles the code, 
and I've got keystrokes in there. So then, I, so I have it, you know, type all this stuff in, and then it it executes it, and it's doing it at, at, at top speed. So um, I'll have to manually slow it down at some point here. But here we go. Here we press go. You can see on the one side of the screen a bunch of code flying by in the window. That's it's compiling. Okay, now the here come here comes Mame. I'm doing C basic on one drive. And then, uh, yeah, there, there it goes. Okay, so it's loading up the file, the basic file. Now it's going to compile it. It's firing by there. I'm just going to get ready so I can slow this down when the game actually runs. So it's compiling all that stuff. And there's the variable table. And exits. It's loading up the game. I'm just going to get it into slow motion here now. Okay, here we go. Ooh, the forest of dread. What? What? Exactly. Uh, I see a familiar tree. Yep. Do you? <laughs> Should. And it looks like the gate to Jurassic Park. Ah. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Did you hear the uh, floppy drive? Ooh. Music. Yeah. Okay. Is the music off now? <laughs> music is off. Yeah, we could not hear you. The music sounded really good, but we couldn't hear you at okay, all. Well, here, maybe if I turn it up here, you'll just hear it go through my mic. Yeah. There you go. That's better. Okay. There's settings in MAME for volume separately, too. So. Oh, is there? Okay. So, uh, uh, what do we, okay, I got to get back. Okay, so here we are. So, I'm, I'm navigating around here, and you'll notice as I turn, you see the moon in the star position? Oh, yeah. So that kind of gives you some orientation where you are. And here I am walking. It's like multi-plane scrolling, huh? Yeah, and then you found that hidden uh, mode in the gimme. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking. <laughs> it's dual so graphics. Now, if I if I travel too fast, you notice there's a there's a bar there on the screen that gets shorter. That's my sort of stamina, I guess, or whatever. And if it gets down too far, then it'll pause me and say, "Tired, you got to rest." Okay. So I got to let that bar build up again. So I've got this all working. And I've got the effects to kind of fake you out to think you're kind of first person here. But what I want to happen is I want you to meet a monster and get into a fight. Monster meet Bruce. Bruce meet yeah. monster. But my problem is that I've, I've run out of memory. So mm. um, what were you talking about? I forgot. <laughs> you got a, you got a womanizer in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> listen here, listen here, Fletcher. You get back in that kitchen and make me a report. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so that was that there. That's really cool, though. 
So yeah, that's what I've been working on all this time. And, and, um, <laughs> Ken Record says it needs a heartbeat, like the old nod to uh, Dungeons and Daggers, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that music? Is that related? Stuff with, with um, you know, you can get some interesting clicking sounds on real hardware, turning the, the motor on, motor off, the relay. I was thinking of, of using that as, as an effect in the game. That's almost like a haptic force feedback, like on some of my Xbox games, the, the controller vibrates and stuff. That'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah, I remember I was, we, we demoed that one game from uh, Eric White, I think it was. He did that Battle Stations. It's yeah, kind of yeah. He actually did the, the Morse code type. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this yeah. Barry N? Is this Barry Nelson who's trying to get in with us right now? Um, I just saw Barry oh, N tried to happened. join. Did I, did I let Barry N in? Yeah, okay. we lost your uh, audio there, Steve. Do we lose Steve altogether? Testies one, two. Testies. Okay. That was a close one. Okay. So your audio, is that related to what Simon Jonas has been doing? Or is that just... Well, that's his yeah. audio player. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's his audio player. Um. Uh, so Explore VR. Ben Drake says he would like to see that. I just muted Barry. Barry just joined us. So we're getting some squelch from him. Um, he said he'd like to see that in VR. So when you get it done, um, you might get like, a, v, uh, you know, you know, you know the things he's been doing with his headset where he's walking in the treadmill and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be spooky. Yeah. <laughs> so, already spooky. So, yeah. yeah. Barry, if you can hear me, I just muted you because you were creating some kind of squawk talk. So if you could maybe put on some headphones or something, let me know and then hit, hit the microphone to unmute yourself. Uh, cool stuff. That's really neat. Neat. Yeah, I was scrambling to get my headphones there. Sorry about that. There you go. Now you're coming in loud and clear, sir. Welcome, Barry. It's been a while. I tried to join a couple times, and it just it got bounced back or didn't want to join or whatever. But okay. I'm well, glad to be here. Yeah. Notification. Uh, cool stuff, Bruce. That's very cool. Uh, the music. So is that original music? Because it sounds a little bit uh, classical, too. Is that an original composition? It, uh, you know, I think I, um, I think I took something I heard and modified it so it would work in a, in a continuous circular fashion. Okay. Well, it's not entirely original, but it sounds yeah. kind of classical, you know. But it's yeah. cool, and I, I like I like the uh, crunchy sound too, the square wave sound on that. Um, and you've been working on this for a long time, or for quite some time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like a long time to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were experimenting with different compilers and, and things, too, trying to figure out which platform you wanted to use for it. Yeah, so. and then the keyboard, I kept losing keystrokes, so I had to figure out how to read the keyboard matrix directly and then how to do that from uh, the, uh, the 60 hertz interrupt. So that was the last thing I had to figure out. And it's just like, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, but I'd, I'd rather be more creative. But, uh, okay, so I figured that part out. And now I've got this... See, what I could do, uh, I could have, whenever you come into a combat situation, I could have it load a separate combat program. The only thing is I, I, I'm afraid that even uh, off the SDC, that that pause might kind of be a bit of a, uh, uh, a downer in the, in the gameplay. You know, mm. having all fight time, I have to wait. Like, there's an, like, for instance, when you find an in, I think that would be okay to have a little bit of a pause and enter the in and because, yeah. you know. But for combat, not so much. So I'm left either having to do some sort of weird arcane um, uh, remapping of video memory, or I suppose I could take 
like so my code my code is working in uh, in this compiled basic I could I suppose rewrite it straight in ASM because uh, you know it's all working now I could translate it I suppose and that would save me some space too but these are all options which which seem to take a lot of work and uh, <laughs> all that being said what? I'm really grateful like I could, wouldn't have gotten this far without the help of, of various people on the uh, the discord ASM channel like uh, you know Simon and Curtis and, and William Astle and uh, Steve Bjork they've all been very well and, and other guys too they've all been very helpful in uh, in co contributing to this you know moving as, as far as it has I hope I get further than this you know this is a good demo I suppose but I'd really like to get a full-fledged game going well, and part, uh, part, of my, part of my classic lack of preparedness but I, I do like to try and help people with programming stuff what type of uh, what type of game is this that you're writing uh, type, it's yeah, a first adventure. First, first person art, uh, role playing game, essentially. A role playing game, turn based. That's more um, real time, right? A real no, time. This is, no, this is yeah, this is more real time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you have well, to watch the replay. Is it related to Forest of Doom? Is it which? Is it related to Forest of Doom? Hmm. <laughs> No, this is a forest of dread. There is no relation whatsoever. Your answer wasn't very specific uh, there. Uh, yeah, when you, uh, when, when you win this game. No. How's that for When you win this game, you get a CD of the greatest hits. <laughs> or, or any there, mugs any mugs involved. Mugs uh, of douchery. We'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this as the evolution of Forest of Doom. Like, if I could have done Forest of Doom as a first-person you know, back when I was 14, I would have, right? Yeah. So this is kind of like, oh, well, this is how I would really like it to be. Okay, can you play Forest of Dread without having played Forest of Doom? Oh, well, sure. There'll be no plot points you're missing or anything. Oh, well, no, no, it, sure, it, it should work. But, you, you know, there's got to be references. I haven't sorted yeah. all that stuff. I'm trying to get all the technical parts down. But, um, yeah, definitely, I... Yeah, I'm not sure what all is going to get in there. Okay, it to... looks good. It looks really looks good. Cool. It looks kind of somewhat parallaxing. We got the different layers. You get this, this, the moon and stars in the background and the trees move. Uh, it looks really cool. Thanks for sharing that sneak peek with us. I think that's, I've never seen it before. So this is my first. Oh, no, this is, uh, this this is a is world, a... world debut of the sneak peek of a, of a work in progress by DeBruce Moore, yep. who has brought us many amazing Cocoa projects of the original forest of doom and coco forever and um system hacks and now the forest of dread you got a thing with force though don't you <laughs> i do now, i do have a question because the first one was forest of doom which means you're doomed and now just now you just are filled with dread so is this a bit easier good question maybe i should change the name i don't know i think well, i'm just calling it doomed that might have been better. And then maybe the next one will get even easier and be called the Forest of... Forest of Trepidation. Forest of Slight Angst. Forest of Mild Discomfort. Eventually you reach the Forest of Success. Something, yeah. Or you wake up in the morning and your hair's got dreads. This is a hairstyle. It's a... I'm still. I'm. I'm considering. I mean, if I can get. If I can get this all to work technically, I. I think I, I want to incorporate some. Um, a little bit of adventure game stuff in there. 
but nothing that's going to really slow you down too much. But I, I definitely like story narrative. Yeah. Uh, and all that sort of thing. So, is this uh, Coco 1, Coco 2, or, or, uh, or, or is Coco 3? You know, this is a Coco, a Coco 3. Interesting. So, you know, what you could do, um, and I know Nick Marantes is probably going to say, you, you could, uh, you could uh, take advantage of OS9's infrastructure. You'd have a RAM disk for storing stuff um, and other things like that. And you could write it under there. And the assembly language under there is easier to deal with for somebody who's because you have the system calls, et cetera, to handle the I.O. for you. Yeah, I every once in a while I think, man, should I should I have just jumped? Should I have gone the OS9 route? I I. I Still, every once in a while, I think, man, I wonder if I should have done that for this. Well, then you'd have to rename the game to uh, Ease of Noose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. For, for, for a game, and the other thing you do for gaming, you just make it a self-booting uh, disk with uh, Nitrous 9, and it just boots up and loads. So the end user doesn't really need to know OS 9 to use it. It just you know boots up and it loads the game. You need to make sure you get the licensing cleared with L. Curtis on that, so... Yeah, I think I don't think the license nitrous nine is going to be restrictive for the problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now that you bring it up, I was thinking of charging again. No, <laughs> first taste is free. That's right. <laughs> cool stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Bruce. Um, yeah. We're coming up on the three-hour mark. Uh, do we have any other updates that we want to share, or are we, are we ready to put a fork in this one? Because I think I've got a hungry, well, hungry family out there. What's everybody doing next week? Uh, I'm sure I've got something to do. Okay. I, I might not have anything better to do. We'll have to wait and see. Um, are, you leaving, are you leaving on a jet plane? Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Next week. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, I thought you were just playing dumb. I, I was. I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> playing, though. I was, really I was, really playing. Was I, was, I was being literally dumb. Um, <laughs> next week is VCF Midwest. Yeah, so Mark B., will you be able to stream the show next week? Yeah. I uh, should be able to. I, am happy. Okay. I do have to leave town this week, but uh, I should be back in time. All right. Yeah, so that's right. I'll be leaving on a jet plane Friday to meet you clowns in Chicago Friday evening, and then we'll be so at we BCF. Need we need a host here then. We need a streamer, and uh, you guys, the show kind of hosts itself. So, um, yes, Mark B. hopefully will be available. Grant's going to be there, so we can't we can't ask Grant to stream. Um I think one of the backup guys was planning on it. Okay. Not Tom, but the other one. Uh, 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 Rob Inman? Could be. Not sure, but okay. uh, I we'll, should be here. Okay. Well, yeah, we probably need to reach out uh, through Discord and, and get those get those plans finalized. Thank you. Uh, well, I'll have my uke ready just in case. Okay. There we go. Just let me know. VCF Midwest uke episode, the uke edition. Uh, I, I hope if you, even if you can't stream live that you record some some video and whatnot. Oh, oh yeah, we will. We will definitely be bringing coverage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're gonna put a fork in this one. Anybody have anything else they wanted to share? Project update, acquisition that they came across this week. Well, uh, what I got one thing here. Uh, well, two things. Uh, what we talked about at the beginning of the show, the ROM packs with the uh, yes with the label. I have a. It's hard to see on camera, but shooting it's a gallery. copy of shooting gallery. Yes. yes. Uh, with the uh, dot matrix label, and um, and as far as uh, VCF and well VCF next uh, next weekend, I can't believe we almost skipped over that one. But um, uh, then I also have I'll, I'll have something new 
at um, at VCF, and it'll be at Tandy Assembly plus you know the the usual fare of switcheroos and wallabies. But uh, something new from the Coco Man. Something new. Um, Was a frying pan involved? No, but it it has an Australian name. Okay, no frying pans were used in the making of this product. Yes. Good. 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 I'll bring the I'll bring the five dollar uke to to uh, to the show and. People will probably have no idea what it's for, but that that makes it even more funny. But yes, absolutely, me, absolutely. Well, does it, does it smell like a blooming onion? <laughs> smells like a blooming something. Uh, <laughs> it's not meant to have any real particular scent. It's uh, but oh. it's it's not a big deal, but it'll it'll be fun. All right. Uh, okay. So announcement from from uh, Jason. We will have a new product unveiled at VCF Midwest next weekend. Hopefully, we'll get some exclusive video of that for the show as we stream from the event. Um, uh, so we we had some people in the live chat chiming in. So Rob Inman says he will be able to host with Steve Bjork. Curtis Boyle says I can help co-host as well. So all we need is somebody to stream the show. We've got multiple people willing to host and co-host. And help drive the train. So hopefully, Mark B. We need to get a backup streamer just in case. Um, and yeah, VCF Midwest next weekend. Uh, I, I, yeah, time has been flying, and this is yeah. Thanks, thanks there, Jason. Anyone else with the with the last minute thing to share? Or we're gonna anyone anyone? Oh, David Ladd. Not much. Just uh, I I know that last week you had uh, said something about from the Arduino stuff that you'd wished I would have been around to continue on that from last week. So what did you have to say on it? Well, now I regret saying that, but no. (laughs) Now, you have a project that is based on Arduino, so I thought maybe you might want to let people know what your experience has been since we heard about AirTurks last week. If you want to let anybody know about your project you're working on and how you're incorporating an Arduino with it and... Well, the project that I've been working on is a PS2 mouse adapter, so that way you can plug a PS2 mouse into it, and then it will then plug in to the Coco's joystick port. So then you can. I did, uh, I did some. I did some experimentation and prototyping with that too, so with some success. Barry, could you hold off, please? Thank you. Um, so basically, I uh, took the Raspberry Pi. Or not Raspberry Pi. Arduino. Arduino. The Arduino. And I took the, uh, hooked up a PS2 Proto uh, board, ran it into that. And I tried a few different uh, things and um, had to get some help from Jim because I was trying the uh, pulse width modulation, which ended up not working that great. And ended up using a uh, SPI-based DAC. And uh, that seems to work really well. Um, Mark Overholzer has a few of the prototypes, and I think a couple other people have a couple of the prototypes as well. So, Which were also at CocoFest, right? You showed some off at CocoFest? Yes. Yeah. And tell us some of the features of this thing. What is it doing right now? What are the plans like? What are some of the cool things it's going to do besides just converting a PS2 mouse to a Coco? Um, well, right now, my current incarnation is using a Arduino Nano version 3 board layout, which is smaller than the Uno. And 
Um, My favorite also, card game. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the uh, the nice thing about that is also the Arduino, I believe it's called the Micro, which uses a newer chip, which would be the Atmega 32U4, I believe. Um, that one um, has its uh, a USB client built into it to where it can, um, you know, just plug right into a PC or Mac or Linux box and be seen as like a USB keyboard or mouse or such. And um, so I'm working on seeing with the current firmware I've got on the Nano, working on it to see that when you've got it plugged in, the joystick, I've got an option to where you can have a pass-through joystick. That way, when you don't want to use the mouse, but you want a joystick, then you can use a button on the mouse that's unused for the Coco mm -hmm. to switch between the mouse and the joystick. Okay. So you don't well, have to plug when, and unplug things. Right. Well, with the Arduino Micro, all the joystick inputs can be mirrored out the USB. So therefore, technically, you could also use the adapter as a way to use the joystick on the PC or Mac or Linux box, if that makes sense. So you're saying you'll be, able to, you'll, you'll be able to plug a Cocoa joystick into this and then plug it into a modern machine as a USB device? Yes, but you will still need the PS2 mouse connected because the library locks up if the PS2 mouse is not connected. Uh, so, okay, small price to pay. So then you could use a, like a real Coco joystick on, say, MAME or something if you want to test a game on one of the emulators. Theoretically, I haven't tried it yet because, you know, okay. some people... So, so not only is it a PS2 to Coco mouse adapter, but it also will let you have a joystick plugged in at the same time. You can switch between mouse and joysticks. You don't have to plug and unplug things on your computer. And the added bonus is it's made also plug into a PC, which will let you to use a... Um, uh, Coco joystick on your PC. That's pretty cool. Cool project. I, I for one, can't wait to use a Black Beauty joystick on my PC. Absolutely. Yeah, but we'll you can run Windows with that. Windows. Yeah. yeah. This be under seven hundred dollars. <laughs> under seven hundred dollars, David. Hmm? Um, I don't know. Mark is going to take care of assembly and distribution <laughs> once we get done. And when you said Jim, you were referring to Jim Brain from Retro Innovations, as far as helping you pick out which DACs to use and stuff. Yes. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, and Barry, you were mentioning something. You had working on something like this, too. Sorry about that, Barry. It was... yeah, it actually explains the conversation. I was chatting with Jim Brain about this mm. uh, adapter. I didn't realize that it was something that this other gentleman here was working on. He was, we were talking about well, that. That's no gentleman. It's David Latt. But, uh... hey. <laughs> Hi David, are you going to have to have a... I didn't see that. Steve said that. <laughs> David, is, does this going to have an enclosure of some kind? I'm, I have no clue because David's designing it. David's in the design part, not the manufacturing and distribution part. So we'll have to talk to his channel partners on this. <laughs> but it's a board, right? Him, him and me both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for those who don't know, Barry is responsible for the original design for the uh, Coco RGB to SCART solution that has now been made its way into the switcheroo that, cool. uh, that uh, Jason Wright is. I'm with various improvements and uh, and oh uh, yes, yes. 
I'm, yes. I, I'm very happy that uh, that somebody picked that up. I I am allergic to get to to manufacturing stuff in bulk. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all the only thing is is thankfully we found out that there was a slight uh, voltage variance between SCART and the Coco's RGB. So at least that little issue was found out and was able to correct that with three caps and three resistors. Um, yeah, that's what I call the David Ladd fix. David Ladd compensation yeah. uh, yes. interface. It, it seems to depend on what monitor you're using, too. So, But yeah, it definitely good work on, on improving that. Thank you. Um, so and that's, that's one of them right there that uh, already pre-ready to go into a switcheroo. It's all nice heat shrinked and everything, but I make those up ahead of time, so they're they're ready yeah. to go. I wonder on the on the on that mouse uh, solution, if if you plug the the thing into a computer and you're using it to connect the joysticks to a computer, if it could pass through the mouse data transparently or near transparently, so. You could use the mouse on the adapter with the PC as the PC's mouse. Oh, two for one, a mouse and joystick over the same USB feed. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a question for the designer. <laughs> he's no gentleman. He's David Ladd. So. Will <laughs> this be released? Hey, uh, we have we have a potential customer on the line here. Grant Leedy wants to know when this will be released. David, that at the moment have no clue. Just don't take a credit card from Grant because it'll probably be declined. But uh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I already know that'll happen. <laughs> Sometime in the second Tuesday of next week. Yeah, yeah didn't Grant stiff us at lunch that one day, David? <laughs> <laughs> next Coco <laughs> Fest. Stevie, I think you need to start looking for your own room now. <laughs> are, you, are you posting uh, project details somewhere in case somebody wants to build their own? Or, um, I still have to get the uh, GitHub finished for and the other stuff because my plan is um, to have not just the the shield for the Nano, but the original board um, layout that had the Atmega thirty two the 328p on it because i had was going with two versions at the same time and then someone else wanted an uno shield with just the ps2 component and the dac component so therefore you could do the whole shield stacking stuff so i've got some boards that i need to lay out and the designs and it, it's 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 called feature creep. Everybody yeah. well, wants to. Oh, I know. I know how that happens. If you put a toggle switch in there somehow and call it the stickeroo, I'll buy two of them. Or, or have a real-time clock. you'll have to talk to Grant since he's in the room with you. <laughs> real-time clock anywhere? Real-time? We'll include clock. a sound chip. Not from my Is end, because that? that's on the, the joystick port. I don't think you're getting time from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds cool. I mean, it's still a work in progress anyway. So retro, uh, Rob Inman, if retro deviations or innovations is evolved, this mouse adapter <laughs> will never see the light of day. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, have a floppy port. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for that update, David. Anybody else got anything else they want to update us on? Anyone? Anyone? 
Bueller. Bueller. Push All right. the button, Frank. All right. Well, we are we are now at three hours and thirteen minutes. We are going to roll the closing credits, and we'll have some final, final, final thoughts after this. Let me go ahead and share my sound again, so you guys can hear the awesome closing music by DeBruce himself. Um, and we'll be back here in just did, a minute. Did we have a, a guy's report? Uh, well, we we can we can do that. We can we can definitely do that. Let's see. Let's let's pick a good thoughts We need. We are gonna do. I'm gonna pick at random. Coco thoughts number four. Let's see what this one is, and then we'll and then we'll roll credits. And now, Coco thoughts by Samuel Gimes. On holidays, Uncle JT would entertain us with stories of his business conquests and his assistant would meet any deadline that he imposed, no matter how ridiculous. Well, until she shot him in the face, that is. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world Keeping the Tandy flame alive We may be mocked, but we'll never stop Cause Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com if you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Marota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Name so nice, you must say it thrice. We always close with Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, our muse. Look at Ron holding up the lighter there. It's the Coco Talk flame. The flame, keeping that we flame gotta alive. we got to keep it alive. The flame never dies. Oh! Although, although some people might think... <laughs> <laughs> Some people might think Daddy this show is a, a blue flame, but uh, <laughs> blue angel. 
Oh, you got the, uh, you got the memory expander the there. At the, yes, Is that, that's the MCX one. Oh, you got it all souped up with the uh, John Strong uh, case. Yeah, yes. that's the special 3D it, accelerated it, it, MCX. Yeah, this is in, this is in simulated 3D. Yes, and, uh, oh, oh, oh. have it at VCF. So. I haven't been following the MC10. Is there an aftermarket memory expander? Yeah. Yes, uh, from Ed Snyder. MCX128. Because I may have an MC10 hopefully coming. So that's good to know. Ed Snyder's got something for almost anything goes candy related. Oh, it's Uncle a JT. Expansion, not a tumor. So we we we. We don't know the whereabouts of Fletcher, but we know that Uncle JT is no longer with us, huh? <laughs> Come on, Rob, find us Fletcher. Uh, Jason, how much was that memory expansion? Or Ron, I mean. I don't remember. I'd have to. He'd have to consult the Zipster Zone and um, yeah. get a hold of Ed. I don't. I don't remember. I bought this right before Coco Fest, and uh, actually had picked up the case directly from uh, John at the at Coco Fest. Yeah, that's when I got mine, too. I bought my board and then got the case from John. My case is still shrink-wrapped. My board's still in the static bag. I haven't touched either one of them. That's been around for like a year and a half. Oh, I wanted to be able to run the like, Pac-Man and yeah, uh, the absolutely. game on the that's like I think that's two of the best games for the MC-10. So. Yeah. Pac-Man like for the MC-10? Demoed. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. Yeah, it's really oh. good. Yeah, I'll, 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 have it, I'll have that run. I, I plan to have that running at uh, VCM, so... Cool. MCX, MCXA at one twenty eight is thirty five dollars from Zipster. There we go. Not bad. That's a, ver- that's I don't know a very good price. Four in I'm sorry. Can you repeat that again? We pretend to mock it, but we love the MCX. Curtis, how much did you say it was? Thirty five dollars. Oh, cool. For what? For the MCX one twenty eight, it's one hundred twenty eight k of RAM. It's got the MC MC on there, which is kind of like DriveWire for the MC ten. It's got oh more goodness. RAM. It's got oh, yeah. it's got like yeah, it's got extensions to the basic language, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's Does got like the case ROMs you can boot up to. Oh, there uh, case is separate, I believe. So it's a John Strong thing. Yeah, but okay. sometimes he has. You just you'd have to contact Ed. I when I contact him, he's like, "Yes, I have boards, but I don't have any cases right now." So. I just I got the board from him and then got the case from John. But uh, yeah, that's what he recommends on his site too. He says it's it's caseless when you buy it for thirty five. Yeah. Hey, Fletcher's at my door. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, Ron. You'll go far. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for yep. being here. Uh, Tim Franklin says he's going to see you at VCF Midwest. Thank you guys for watching us live each and every week. We certainly appreciate it. Retro Innovations has been here. Al Hartman, Rob Inman, Tim Franklin, Ken Reichard has been here. Grant Leedy. Valentine's Tube, Explore VR, Terry Steen, author of Balloon Fire was here, Nick Marotta, um, all kinds of people, Tim Franklin, uh, you name it, people have been here, Al Hartman, Sixy, Karen Anscom, Sixy, and this all, there was lots of live chat today, very, very lively live chat. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching us each and every week, and I'm going to press the button. Thank you, Curtis, Nick, and Jason, and Joe Burnett, and Mark B., and D. Bruce, and David Ladd, and Barry Nelson, and Grant Leedy, and good night, John Boy, and everybody else. I'm pressing the button in three, Mississippi. Hold, Two, hold Mississippi. On. Uh-oh. David Ladd's got something important to say. Yes. Stevie, yeah. I would like to say thank you for taking all the time that you have uh, to set this up originally what, like almost two years ago, and all of the uh, work that you put into it, as well as the backup streamers. 
Ah, thank, thank you. you, David. Thank you for your thank you. I thought you were going to say when you were going to thank me for putting up with you and all your boring commentary, but no, this is that was actually very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't win, David. You try. Stevie for president. You try. David. <laughs> we all saw. Stevie for president. Stevie for president. Yeah. No, that was very nice Winky, of you. Stevie. W- wink, wink. Yes. There we go. <laughs> thank you, David. David, thank you. That was that was very nice of you to say, and it was heartfelt, and I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. The fantastic community, guys. Yes, uh, with the exception of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, press the stupid button already. I'm pressing push, the button. Push 